The humanitarian situation in Gaza is catastrophic. Remember, there are more than 2 million civilians that live inside the Gaza Strip. There are many vulnerable elderly people, women and children, that are in desperate need of medical aid and food. And that's part of the reason that you saw aid trucks entering the Gaza Strip. What's going on, everybody? Today, I want to look at this reporter from Jerusalem. His name is Trey Yinkst. He's an American journalist on the ground there. He said something interesting about Palestinian aid and the humanitarian crisis going on. And I just want to really compare it to what Ben Shapiro and many others are talking about and have a very honest discussion about this really intense topic. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. Uh, God bless you. Dreamer podcast starts now. It's the Dream Rare Podcast. Welcome to the show. The way to get the news at the desk or on the road. Let's go. God is great and success in our control. The world is crazy, but we get better from obstacles. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's episode. So I want to start by playing this clip from a journalist who is an on-the-ground journalist. I've mentioned his name before because he's one of my favorite people that's reporting on this. Uh, his name is Trey Yinkst. And he's one of those guys that's always in the cut. I believe he's been to Gaza. He works for Fox News for Jerusalem. But don't get it twisted. Just because he's at Fox, he's like a real guy. Like, he's really there. You know what I'm saying? He's very pro-Israel. So for those who are going to smear him as Hamas or anti-Israel, that's insane. He literally lives and works out of Jerusalem right now. And he's been super, super pro-Israel reporting their stories. This guy's been where Ben Shapiro's never been. He's been walking around seeing all of the real carnage in Israel. And I'm sure he's seen carnage on the other side, too. But I want you to hear what he says, because even though he's extremely pro-Israel, even though he's walked around Israel and seen just carnage and devastation of people in Israel, he still has the humanity to admit that there's a massive humanitarian crisis in Gaza and that a lot of innocent people are suffering. So I find it fascinating. And I'll just play the clip and then we'll talk about it. The humanitarian situation in Gaza is catastrophic. Remember, there are more than 2 million civilians that live inside the Gaza Strip. There are many vulnerable elderly people, women and children, that are in desperate need of medical aid and food. And that's part of the reason that you saw aid trucks entering the Gaza Strip yesterday. But it's not enough. And amid this conversation and the war that is taking place, it's critical that we distinguish between the Palestinian people and the civilians and the groups like Hamas and Islamic Jihad that launched this brutal massacre on October 7th. Trey, real quick. I think that's a very, very good point to make. Thank you, Trey. Now, I want to repeat this again, because what he said was, we have to draw a distinction between the Palestinian people that are suffering and the group Hamas who did the terrorist atrocity. This is something that you don't see that much in Republican circles. They're trying to basically say everyone in Palestine is Hamas. Everybody's guilty. And this is what I want to say, too. I'm going to show you what Ben Shapiro has been talking about. But you can't really say anything about Trey like, oh, he doesn't know. He's never been there. Like he's been where, excuse me, this guy's been where Jordan Peterson has never been. Jordan Peterson's a coward. This guy's been where Ben Shapiro's never been. He's He's been in Israel for the last uh, probably year but or years. But he, he's he's seen babies. He's seen dead bodies. He's seen the carnage on the Israel side. So you can't sit with this guy and say, oh, you don't know what you're talking. Like he knows what he's talking about. He's there. Yet he still has the heart and soul to say, let's let's not compare everyone in Palestine to Hamas. We have to draw a distinction because he's been on the other side too. And he has a soul. I really like this guy. I mean, you know, 
I'm sure there's certain topics we might disagree on, but he doesn't really do that much political commentary. He just does on the ground reporting. I really like that. So if he can do that when he's seen the carnage that Shapiro's only seen pictures of, this guy's seen it in real life, you know, are they going to start smearing him as pro Hamas now because he says that there is a crisis on the Palestine side? And I want to show you real quick. This is what Shapiro retweeted. It says, all previous humanitarian aid that has been sent to Gaza has been stolen by Hamas, which controls every inch of the strip. So why on earth is anyone expected to believe that this new aid package would be any different? Stop funding terror. Free Gaza from Hamas. So I'm not saying that they've never stole humanitarian packages, but if you're sending in food and water to people that don't have it and the situation is bad or, you know, there's uh, churches blowing up, people dying and they don't have enough medical things. If you're if you're not giving them like money and weapons, obviously, that's not a good idea. But if you're just giving humanitarian aid, this is something that I feel like the Shapiro side of the debate is being very disingenuous about. They're trying to say essentially everyone there is Hamas. There is, like, don't give them anything. They don't need anything. They don't need food. They don't need water. They don't need medical resources. And then like I showed you before, you have a journalist who's in Jerusalem, who's seen dead bodies in Israel, who's covering the carnage, who's very pro-Israel. But he also says, listen, let's not, we got to be very careful. We cannot, I'm going to play it again because it's very profound. We can't conflate all of these people suffering with Hamas, which is what a lot of people like Shapiro are trying to paint the picture of. And I want to play this again. Keep in mind, you could go to this guy. His name is Trey Yanks. You could go to his Instagram, his Twitter. He's been in houses where there's blood on the floor. He's seen the carnage on the Israel side. In no way, shape, or form is he anti-Israel, but he has a soul. He understands that everyone on the other side is not all terrorists. Everyone on the other side is not not suffering. They are suffering and they need help. And then the Shapiros of the world are like, oh, they, it's all going to be terrorists. So just leave them. All right. Well, how many people do you want to die then? I don't, you know, let's, I'm going to play the clip again and then I want to show you some more stuff. The humanitarian situation in Gaza is catastrophic. Remember, there are more than 2 million civilians that live inside the Gaza Strip. There are many vulnerable elderly people, women and children that are in desperate need of medical aid and food. And that's part of the reason that you saw aid trucks entering the Gaza Strip yesterday, but it's not enough. And amid this conversation and the war that is taking place, it's critical that we distinguish between the Palestinian people and the civilians and the groups like Hamas and Islamic Jihad that launched this brutal massacre. So he's there on the ground. He's seen the dead bodies in Israel. He's seen the Israeli family, family suffering up close, unlike Shapiro. And he's saying it's not enough aid going to these people. He's not pro-Hamas. This guy is not a Palestinian activist. He's an on-the-ground journalist who is living in Israel. And he's saying these people, it's rough over here in Gaza. They need help. And Ben Shapiro goes, no, any aid, it's going to be Hamas. It's all, You're funding terror, they, you know? trying to paint that picture. I just want to show people this real quick because I can't tell you everything and I understand. And then I'm, I'm going to go through a few more controversial things because I think that Israel has the right to exist. I think they have the right to defend themselves. I'm not anti-Zionist. I know that'll be a lie, just like anti-Semitic. They'll say, I'm actually not. If I was, I would just tell you and be like, listen, I don't believe in that. I'll tell you what I think. I think they have the right to do what they want in some senses. But if I don't have the right in my own country to disagree with, uh, how far they push the First Amendment and basically passing loyalty laws to a foreign country in America. Now we have a disagreement. But in general, I just want to show you this real quick, because one of the things that you'll hear from a lot of people trying to dehumanize one of the sides, and there's people on both sides trying to dehumanize. 
I'm not acting like it's not happening. I'm not saying there's not bad people on both sides. There are. But they're trying to paint this picture that all the Palestinians voted for Hamas. That's who they elected. And that's why they're all guilty and they're pretty much all terrorists. The last fair, real election they seem to have was in 2006. I'm just going to show you a few stuff because I, tr I tried to do the research of like how long ago is this election that they're trying to, you know, hold all the people they're accountable of. So they Hamas won an election in 2006. That's almost 20 years ago now, right? I tried to look at recent elections and the most recent election got canceled apparently because of violence in the war. And that's why they're writing articles, the Palestinian elections that weren't, you know, like they, they, they didn't even have a real election. It got canceled. And then you can see here, half of Gaza's population is under 18. More than 2 million people living in Gaza, roughly half the population is under 18. So this is just being honest. Even if you're the most pro-Israel, pro, what you know, whatever, anti-Palestinian, whatever you want. I'm not trying to like label everybody, just like whoever you are. And that's your excuse is like they voted for these people. So they're all in on it when half the population's under 18. And the last election was in 2006. What is that? 17 years ago. Most of the people that are living there weren't even alive when Hamas won the election. And if you're born there and that's all you know, are they all guilty? Like, is that really the narrative that people are buying? Like, they're all terrorists. None of them really need help. It's all Hamas and just dehumanize them and wipe them out. It's like, do people believe that? I, I don't understand. Um, here's what I want to say, too, before I move on to the next thing I want to talk about. Someone said, why are you so obsessed? Why are you talking about this? Well, I haven't been saying much because on Twitter, I just see people arguing and the ugliest comes out on all sides. And it's just like a conversation I don't really feel like being involved in. I don't feel like arguing on Twitter with people all day. It's very uh, draining. And also it's very negative and people's emotions and tensions are really high and people are freaking out at each other. And, you know, it's like another divide and conquer. And I, I know that, that there's, you know, people can have opinion on this, but as far as times like this, they want people shaken up and they want people to act crazy and just fight with each other. And I don't want to be a part of that. I have opinions. I have perspectives. I'll share them on my show when I want to. But for the most part, I'm not saying as much as I really can because I just don't feel like arguing with people. And as far as this topic, I really think it's one of the most important topics in the world because it now involves a multi-front war. It involves our foreign aid. It involves our First Amendment. And also, it involves our future as far as the superpower in this world, in America, if we, you know, escalate tension with countries like China, Russia, Iran, etc. So, I mean, I think it's a very important topic. And it's also like a, it goes even deeper than just the war. I think it's like a, a cultural shattering topic that kind of divides everyone in a different way. Because usually it's like left and right, black and white, and you have your like usual like a Okay, you go there, you go there, fight, fight, fight. You got, you know, Ben Shapiro yelling at a blue haired liberal and you got like BLM marching with the, the, you know, George Floyd and everything's usually like very predictable. And this is also why I say there's certain accounts and everybody plays a role, right? I don't think everyone needs to be everybody, but certain accounts on the right, I don't really follow because they're just always like riling up tension. They're like, look at the trans, look at the, it's like, I, yeah, I get it. I'm not saying you can't argue your point or whatever, but like, it just feels like a loop to me where it's like when a real issue kind of like shatters the paradigm, 
how many people are intelligent enough to really have a thoughtful perspective on it and make sense and be able to see through the bipartisan lies. Cause you know, I really think in COVID during 2020, 2021, 2022, the left tried to shut down misinformation and call it anti-science and said, if you're anti-science, you're going to hurt people and your opinion hurts people. And now you can't have the free speech. And it was the right wing saying, Hey, we, we think we need we, like the first hate speech is not free speech. Like, what are you talking about? You, we need to be able to criticize Big Pharma. We need to be able to criticize a George Floyd riot. We need to be able to criticize the Rainbow Squad, you know? And then uh, now it's like flipped where not all because a lot of right wingers are seeing through this, but a lot of like the, you know, talking heads are basically saying that like, you know, free speech isn't hate speech and anti-Semitism is so bad that like free speech doesn't. And it's like the parties can flip. And now it's the Democrats saying they want free speech, and but they don't really want free speech. It's kind of like when Democrats say, you know, my body, my choice, but then they force vaccinate a woman because my body is not my choice. Like both sides can be total hypocrites. So I think situations like this, it shatters the paradigm where the establishment left, like the NFL, the NBA, a lot of corporate media is not on the side of Harvard. Harvard seems like it has a more pro uh, Palestine stance. And then you have the right calling it pro Hamas and everything's Hamas now. And it's like, it's, it's a mess. This situation is a mess for multiple reasons. People dying, war, dragging America into it, calling everybody anti-Semitic, calling everybody pro Hamas. The other side saying that it, it's a mess. It's a total mess because it's like someone does something stupid. Then someone else does something stupid. And then it's like, pick a side. And I'm like, I don't like either of uh, like this argument. Neither of you make sense to me. Like I don't side with Harvard. Harvard probably hates me because I'm conservative. And then also the other side saying that everything's pro Hamas. It's like, that's also a very slippery slope because you're basically acting like there's no, there's no way you could possibly support any argument against Israel or any Palestinian stance without hating everybody and hurt wanting to hurt everybody. It's like, if I said George Bush sucks and America is a terror state, you see how easy that is to say? It's easier to criticize America in America than it is to criticize Israel in America, which says a lot, but Whatever. I, I want to read this real quick and just speak on a few things uh, before I take off. And then maybe I'll read some comments today. Thank you, guys. I've been kind of chilling, moving at my own pace, because honestly, when war happens, it's usually good for business if you just want to get a lot of engagement. But it's also tensions are high. People get angry or people freak out. I don't need the money. I mean, obviously, everyone needs money in this economy, but I'd rather lose money and I'd rather argue less and make less money than try to like overexploit a tragedy and just like freak everybody out. So like I haven't been talking that much. You know, I, there's a lot I could say. There's a lot of stories I could do. There's a lot of clicks I could get. I'm not interested. I'd, I'd rather lose thousands of dollars than like freak out at people or have them freak out at me. It's not uh, times like this when tensions are high and war is happening. I don't like it personally. It's not I, if you notice my news show. I'm not someone that like constantly talks about tragedies all the time. Like if you go to some accounts, it's like tragedy, tragedy, crazy thing that happened, crazy thing in the streets. I don't do, I've never done that. Um, and I'm not saying no one should do that. I just don't like it. That's a personal preference. I'm not here for the doom and gloom. But uh, here's a Nikki Haley tweet that was pretty controversial. She said, no more federal money for colleges and universities that allow anti-Semitism to flourish on campus. I don't have the tweet, but Ben Shapiro was retweeting a bunch of stuff and he was saying he retweeted someone that said anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And this has been said by Mike Pompeo. This has been said by a lot of people like being anti-Zionism or 
critical against Israel, whatever you want to say, is anti-Semitism inherently. And here's my take on it that's apparently extremely controversial, but I think it's super kind. I'm not anti-Zionist. I don't not think Israel, you get what I'm saying? They have the right to exist, in my opinion. I don't think I get to tell people, well, you can be here. And you, like, it's not up to me. You know what I'm saying? Israel and Palestine are fighting over that land. I'm not here to tell someone that they have no right to that land. And uh, if I felt strongly enough, I would say something about it. With that being said, I get called anti-Semitic and anti-Zionist all the time because I'm looking at it strictly through the lens of what you're allowed to do in the United States of America. So when Nikki Haley says, you know, we got to cut federal funding to college campuses that are anti-Semitic, what does that mean? Because to most people, they think that anti-Semitism is just like hating Jewish people or anti-Semitism is like being like really crazy and nuts. But anti-Semitism is now a new definition. Like I'm, I'm going to try to break it down for people. I know if you've listened to my channel, you've heard it a lot, but I'm going to try to be calm and explain it. And if you want to research it on your own, you can, because I think you should know this for the next 10, 15 years. It's a big part of American society that you're not going to hear on Ben Shapiro's show or Michael Knowles. They're not going to talk about this, but it's real. It's really happening, whether they want to talk about it or not. So imagine if Democrats passed racism as a new definition. And now racism means you can't question crime rates. That's racist. You can't disagree with diversity. That's racist. You can't criticize Africa. That's racist. You can't criticize Ghana. That's racist. And they're like, you can't say that Africans, you know, like you can't say that Africans went after Jesus. Like, and they, there's all these like hate speech rules. And you're like, what? A racism bill? You know what I'm saying? Where like, instead of just being like, oh, you're racist. Like, what does racism mean? Everybody thinks it means something else. Well, it's been defined as racist and they're passing speech laws and speech bills and trying to basically usher in a government definition of racism, which has a specific 20 rules that you're not allowed to say. Now, if you criticize George Floyd, you're a racist. Now, if you say that black people do well in the NBA, you're a racist. Now, if you say that any black person likes Africa more than America, now you're a racist. Now, if you criticize a foreign country, you're a racist. There's now limitations of which countries you can criticize and how much, or you're a racist. And now those rules being passed into legislation, that's not happening. I mean, in some cases, they are censoring people on YouTube because of the expanded definition of racism, but anti-Semitism is not what you think it is. It's what the State Department says it is. So when Nikki Haley or Ben Shapiro or all these people talk about anti-Semitism, what you think it means and what the State Department on its website says it means are two different things. So if you want to know the hate speech rules of what anti-Semitism means on a government and legislation definition, you can, you can Google defining anti-Semitism and go to the State Department website. I can't show you it anymore. I mean, I'll show you when I want to, but when I show you it, right-wing quote-unquote news publications start calling me an anti-Semite. They say, don't even point that out, you anti-Semite. How dare you have a nuanced discussion about free speech, you anti-Semite? And then all media turns against me, and all of a sudden, my name starts popping up in foreign publications where they're smearing me as an anti-Semite. Isn't that a little weird, you know? An American citizen just talking about the First Amendment and just pointing out things, and now all of a sudden, I'm just this raging, hateful person, which I'm not, but in general, I've noticed that there is a State Department, U.S. government 
definition of anti-Semitism. I'm not going to read all the rules on there because if you simply even read them or show people that it exists, you're an anti-Semite now. Google defining anti-Semitism and read them for yourself. So when Shapiro, Nikki Haley, when she says stuff like this, I'll show you again real quick on the screen. When she says no more federal money for colleges and universities that allow anti-Semitism to flourish on campus, you're thinking, oh, violence should be shut down. It should be shut down. Anybody that's violent on a college campus should be arrested. I don't think threats should be allowed. I think people should take these things seriously. And, you know, I think that a peaceful protest is allowed. But when she says that, you listen to people like Ben Shapiro. So you're like, oh, they're just shutting down all the crate. No, that's what you want it to be. It's like when George W. Bush passed the Patriot Act and said it's for the terrorists. But if you read the legislation, it was for everyone. And now you're being spied on because of it. You know, it's not just for the terrorists. But anyway, long story short, there's that's the definition of anti-Semitism that they're passing into law. I've mentioned this a few times. And even mentioning that this exists will get people to call you anti-Semitic. It's like if they passed a George Floyd hate speech bill that made 50 things racist and now it became like an actual uh, government law. And I said, I don't agree with that. And they said, oh, you're a racist. That's why you don't agree. It's the same thing. The right is the left. They're bo both sides are fake. All your favorite people in Republican politics, they're just actors at this point. If they, you know, they don't want to talk about this. But anyway, long story short. So I've been studying and this is when I got blacklisted from the Republican Party. I repeat this stuff all the time because it's the missing link. If you don't understand this, if you listen to Michael Knowles or any of these other dingbats, you know, that guy, if someone's like, you should read his book. I was like, I'd rather read Where's Waldo. I would gain more intelligence from reading Where's Waldo than I would a Michael Knowles book. I mean, to Shapiro's credit, he's a superstar. He's been dragging Michael Knowles' carcass across the finish line for years now. Without Shapiro and Daily Wire, no one would care about Michael Knowles. But anyway, in general, it's like this is happening in American politics. And I was allowed to go places. I was invited. They were trying to prop me up. People were offering me news gigs or whatever. And the second that I realized that Ron DeSantis was passing a hate speech definition of anti-Semitism that's on the State Department website through legislation, I started getting called that word. And if you look at DeSantis's hate speech bill or anti-Semitism school bill, it's an anti-Semitism school bill that's for religious protection. But the laws are also for non-religious people. So it's not a religious bill. It's a racial slash religious bill, but it's really like a foreign country loyalty bill. And in general, it's a religious protection bill. But DeSantis didn't even include his own religion in the bill. It's like if you're a Christian and a Catholic and you're passing, you know, hate speech laws for non-religious people of a different and you don't even include your own religion in a religious bill, it, it's a joke. You know what I'm saying? And Trump passed an executive order on college campuses, which is why he's on True Social like a blowhard saying to, you know, shut down all the school. It's like he's a, he's a joke. But anyway, long story short, now when you listen to people talk about anti-Semitism like Shapiro and he says anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism and he keeps saying that, well, are you being honest about what the words mean? Because you use anti-Semitism the way the left uses racism, where you exaggerated about it, and they've got an exaggerated definition passed through legislation on our government website. And if you ever notice it, they'll say you hate everybody. But in general, it's like, and now you say anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, but it doesn't even co it can't even coexist with the anti-Semitism laws, because one of the laws is you're not allowed to say 
that any Jewish person in America has loyalty to Israel or dual loyalty. That's called anti-Semitism. If you say anyone has dual loyalty. So if you look at Ben Shapiro, you listen to him and you come to the conclusion, you know, I think Ben likes Israel just as much as he likes America. That's anti-Semitism. You know, thinking that Ben Shapiro likes Israel is anti-Semitism. And it's not just loose anti-Semitism, like someone calling you a racist. It's on the government website. It's passed into legislation in Florida. It's passed into executive orders on college campus. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are, you know, two perpetrators of those speech bills. They don't care. They're not your friend. They don't give a crap. They're just actors. But anyway, it's like in general. So Ben says you can't say that he's loyal to Israel. That's anti-Semitism. Okay. But then he calls people ginos and says that they're Jews in name only if they don't like Israel and that they're not, you know, their Judaism isn't enough. And it's like, so which is it? Can't, you know, are, are Jewish people in America allowed to not like Israel or no, that makes them an anti-Zionist and now they're an anti-Semite. So even though they're Jewish, they're still anti-Semitic because you simultaneously need to like Israel or you're an anti-Semite, but you can't say that everyone likes Israel. So they want everyone to like Israel, but you're not allowed to say that people like it because if you like, it doesn't make any sense. If a Jewish person doesn't like them, they're called Hamas. But then if a Jewish person does and you point it out, they'll call you an anti-Semite. So it's like it, it doesn't none of this stuff makes sense, which is why the First Amendment doesn't say, hey, pass a George Floyd speech bill for racism and then pass an anti-Semitism speech bill. Should I draft an anti-Christian speech bill? Well, Christian leaders are cowards and half of them are sellouts. So, you know, there is going to be none. But, we, you know, I don't think a Christian should have a speech bill in this country. But, you know, imagine if I said you can't. You can't criticize, you know, a Christian country more than you criticize a Muslim country. Or that's anti-Christophobe. And, you know, like it's like I've, I drafted this massive list of like what it means to be anti-Christian, passed it through legislation and then started screaming on my Twitter, calling everybody anti-Christian all the time. You know, while that was it, like this is really going on. So I figured this out years ago. And as I see it now, there's more and more push from Republicans to just pass more and more and more and more and more of that legislation. And all I'm going to say is before I move on, for years, I've been open. I know Ben Shapiro doesn't want to debate me. He probably thinks he's like way too important or whatever. But for since 2019, I would have a calm, peaceful, rational debate with Ben or anybody of that ilk that disagrees with me on this topic. I'm fine to have a conversation about it because I'm actually not anti-Zionist, even though they they tweet all that. Oh, he's anti-Semitic. I'm I think Israel has a right to exist, but here's my thing that maybe is not popular amongst those groups. If you're an American citizen and you keep calling me an anti-Semite, anti-Semite, anti-Semite when I'm not, and you keep exaggerating about that word, and then you pass speech legislation, which defines hate speech laws for your group, and then you call someone anti-Semitic when they notice, that's annoying. You know what I'm saying? Like Ben Shapiro clearly loves Israel and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm glad he does, but it's like, basically he does that. But then if you notice it, he'll call it you anti-Semitic. And if you say that you think you should have the right to not pass a speech law in this country, he'll say you're like Hamas and it's like, so you get what I'm saying? Like, I think it's fine. But for someone like Ben, it's like, you know, at least Trey Yinks is over there on the front lines and he's on the front lines saying, listen, what Hamas did to Israel is unacceptable. It's pure terrorism. But also millions of Palestinians are suffering. 
you know, Trey Yink says that, and his word actually means something because he's over there and he's seen the carnage. Ben Shapiro sits at his little computer in America calling everyone anti-Semitic, not over there. But then in America, he wants to basically belittle you and badmouth you if you don't want speech regulation passed through America because him and Dave Rubin, they think that the First Amendment exists for everything except for causes that they like, and then it shouldn't exist because they start exaggerating. And you got to be really careful. I, I, this is the theme of what I've been talking about for weeks now, but it's so important. If a Trump rally, there's thousands of Trump rallies in the world, and five of them, something happens. Like this is this has happened to Trump rallies. Someone gets in a fight, Antifa shows up, they beat each other up. Some crazy crap happens. January 6th, crazy shit has happened at Trump rallies, but the majority of them are peaceful. Do you want to say, hey, let's just shut down all of those protests because there's been violence and someone said something crazy in the crowd or someone had a crazy sign like someone you know they have like crazy signs and stuff they'll be like hang hillary or something like that and it's like you know should they shut down all trump protests now because one person had a sign or a gallo uh you know the, it, you would say no i don't I, everyone shouldn't be shut down because of that one person or that one sign but if you use that same logic to Palestinians and say they're all pro-Hamas, they all just hate Jews, they're all doing this, they're all doing that, there's no other way to look at it. They don't need aid, they don't need humanitarian aid. If we bomb a church and kill Justin Amash's family, it's because Hamas was there and you know they're guilty even though they're 17 years old and it's like they're in on it too. It's like, you know, and then if you even mention it, they'll, they'll say you're an anti-Semite and then they'll use the speech laws that Republican politicians have passed to basically quash you know, your protest, people like Abby Martin, I don't even like Abby Martin that much. She's very cringe when it comes to American issues. And uh, I disagree with her on American policy. She's too far left for my liking in on eight out of 10 topics. But Abby Martin is a outspoken, I would say, Palestinian activist and, uh, you know, a heavy critic of Israel. She got banned on a college campus because Donald Trump passed an executive order that basically banned anti-Semitism. And they brought in the list of what anti-Semitism meant. So Abby Martin got banned. So I've noticed this since 2019. All of your favorite Republicans are hypocrites. They're all sitting there saying, I want to speak on a college. Ben Shapiro literally basically made a name trying to speak on college campuses. And leftists said that he hated Palestinians and that he hurt, wants to hurt gay people and that he shouldn't be able to speak on protest because he said some crazy shit in the past or he's written crazy stuff when he was younger. I always stood up for Ben Shapiro. I don't agree with him on any, any, everything. I don't care if he has the First Amendment right to say something controversial about gay people. He has the First Amendment right to say something controversial about Palestinians. To be quite frank, if he wants to go on a college campus and he wants to say, I think that Israel, the only way that it should defend itself is by leveling Gaza, I think, although you could say that that's a call to action, I believe that the First Amendment supports a foreign war opinion that Ben Shapiro has, whether I like it or not, because war is a complex issue. And if Ben Shapiro wants to say that on a college campus, I'll support his right to say it. But you have to understand, with Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro, it's a one-way street. We'll back them up but they won't back up Abby Martin and they'll be happy when Trump passes a speech law and they'll be happy when France bans protests and they'll be happy when Nikki Haley wants to ban anti-Semitism. What does it mean? I'll tell you, if you want to know what it means, don't listen to me. Don't listen to Ben Shapiro. Don't listen to Dave Rubin. Don't listen to Donald Trump. Don't listen to the left. Don't listen 
listen to Harvard, don't listen to the right, don't listen to New York Times, and don't listen to Fox News. If you want to know what anti-Semitism means now uh, in the legal world and in the country, Google State Department defining anti-Semitism and read the laws for yourself. Because what you think it means, what they're telling you it means, and what I'm saying doesn't matter. What it says matters. It's like the CARES Act. If Trump says, oh, this is going to make everyone rich, what he says doesn't matter what's in the CARES Act. You know what I'm saying? If George Bush says this, but then passes that through legislation, his mouth doesn't pass the bills. You know, it's the funding bill. It's the trillion dollar spending bill. Whatever it says, that's what it's doing. You know, so you could learn this stuff for, for, for yourself. And the reason that I talk about this uh, before I move on to the next part, then I'm going to read some questions is a multifaceted thing. One, Whenever a big event happens in the world, most people are inclined to mention it or talk about it in some form. Two, I've been covering this topic as far as it relates to the First Amendment in America since 2019, and people have to understand, and I don't care how much they lie about me in the press, this is the truth. The, Re the Republican Party essentially exists to serve a foreign country in my analysis. If people want to say that's hateful, it's not, I don't, I'm not saying that Israel can exist. It can exist. I'm not anti-Zionist. I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm none of those things. There's millions of good Jews in the world. There's millions of good Jews in America. And I don't want to pander, but I'm just, some of my favorite people are Jewish. And I know that there's intellectual diversity in the Jewish world. It's not all Ben Shapiro. It's not, you know, look at Trey Yanks. He's a great guy. He, him and Ben disagree. You're allowed to disagree if you're of the same ethnicity. But anyway, long story short, I've come to the conclusion that most Republican establishment just exists to serve a foreign country. They don't care about anything except for that. You can be intellectually completely dishonest, but as long as you are pro First Amendment except for Israel, then it's okay. You know what I'm saying? But the second you, you apply exactly what you think about everything to that country too, then they'll call you an anti-Semite. Then they'll shut down your stuff. Then they won't invite you places. It's like the whole thing is basically like boxing out anyone who doesn't play that game, you know? But with the internet and with social media, at the end of the day, I think over time, people figure stuff out. It's like with the vaccine. At first, it was wildly popular and they called everybody a conspiracy theorist who knew in advance the facts, in my opinion. Like you listen to Piers Morgan who blocked me on Twitter because he's an idiot. What's up, Piers? You suck. Uh, anyway, in general, you know, the facts didn't change. He'll be like, the, fa the facts didn't change. The propaganda got saw through because if you say something, but it's not true, and then you launch the product, what you say doesn't matter. The facts didn't change. Your propaganda didn't, it didn't lead up. So it's like, you know, in 2020, I was a conspiracy theorist and an anti-vaxxer, even though I'm none of the sort. And then in 2023, everybody agrees with me. And Ben Shapiro is putting out apology videos that he got tricked by Pfizer and the government like they've never lied before. It's not the facts didn't change. It's just they lied and everybody figured it out in due time to some extent. It's the same with this topic. They've been lying for years now in the Republican Party. I'm sure in the Democratic Party, too. But it's like the, the reason it's not working anymore is because it's not true. And in order to quash hate, you can't legislate someone's perspective. You know what I'm saying? You can't say, oh, we're going to make people not racist now by not allowing them to talk about crime rates, not allowing them to talk about patterns in the NBA, not allowing them to notice things. Not 
giving people double standards where certain ethnicities have victim cards and other ethnicities don't. And we could just shit on you all day. But if you defend yourselves, we're going to say you hate us. Like you, you, that doesn't stop hate. It fuels it. And I want to stop hate. I don't like war. It's disgusting. It's evil. It's horrible. It's, it's, it's not even fun to talk about. I don't like, I don't like situations like this. I don't care how profitable it is for people to talk about this stuff. I'm not, I'm barely tweeting because I don't feel like talking about it. It's just a sad time and people are divided. But legislating speech and exaggerating and calling everybody Hamas all the time, it, it doesn't, it doesn't stop hate. It only makes more people see through what you're saying and your argument makes less and less sense. Someone like Trey Yinks has probably made more people sympathetic to Israel because Trey is a Jerusalem journalist who's shown you stuff, who's been on the side of Israel, who loves Israel, who lives in Israel, but he has a heart and a soul and he has the humanity, even though he's seen what Ben Shapiro has never seen in person, the horror of the terrorist attack in Israel, the horror of the Israelis that got hurt. And for those who are wondering if I condemn it, of course, I talked about it at the beginning. I guess I'm just not going to bring it up every two seconds. But yeah, of course, anytime innocent people get hurt, it sucks. It sucks. I don't like it. But Trey Yings probably makes more people pro-Israel because he's not just sitting there being like, oh, the whole side, the other side's terrorists and they don't need a, they don't need humanitarian aid at all. And they're fine. And they're all Hamas anyway, just kill them. Like that just makes more people hate you. So the Shapiro types, it's like more and more people get mad and then they try to censor speech and call everybody anti-Semitic. It's like, it doesn't work. You gotta, you gotta show love. You gotta be real. You can't just legislate that no one can criticize you and no one could say you're exaggerating and no one can question you and no one could question anything. It's like no one can criticize your country, but they like in America, in the Republican party, it, it's easier to criticize America than it is Israel. That's a fact. If I said George Bush is a terrorist, no one cares. If I said America is a terrorist country, no one cares. If I said that about Israel, are you kidding me? game over. <laughs> you don't get invited anywhere. You're cut off. You're banned. You're an anti-Semite. You're this and that. It's like, it's easier to criticize our own country. It just is, I, you know, and I'm not trying to, I don't look at America and say we're terrorists or anything. I'm just using an example. I love America, but we absolutely have been on the wrong side of certain conflicts in the last 20, 30 years. And it's sad to see, um, you know, and we've done a little too much, but also it's a complex world out there. And, and there is a certain thing where, you know, I'm not going to just blame our country. I think other countries are doing shit too, but in general, it's like, you know, you're, it's easier to criticize America in America than it is to criticize a foreign country. And there's no laws like it in Saudi Arabia. So like you can't criticize the government of Saudi Arabia in China. You can't criticize the government of China. I disagree with that. I love America. You know, it's like, even if I was in, China, like LeBron James and John Cena, I was like, oh, Xi Jinping, oh, Xi. you know, you have to do that or they don't let you in. If you're going to do that, get your money. You know what I'm saying? There's billions of good Chinese people in this world and you can't get access to them unless you suck up to Xi Jinping. So I don't even fault these athletes for sucking up to Xi Jinping. But if you're going to suck up to Xi Jinping to make that Nike money and get, you know, Chinese people to like you and get access to their apps, then at least show some love to America. You don't have to agree with everything, but say, I love America because I'm allowed to criticize my government. I love America because I'm allowed to criticize Biden and Trump. I love America because I'm allowed to protest. I'm allowed to complain about racism. 
That's why I love America. But, you know, like like a little bit of that would go a long way for these LeBron James, because in general, too, you know, I was talking to someone Chinese recently and they told me that they have two separate TikToks. The TikTok in China, you can't show your breasts. Right. So they give themselves like a commie version of TikTok. But it's like, you know, you can't like women can't show their tits. And in America, they're like, here, degenerates go, you know, um, but you can't access a billion people in this world unless you kowtow to Xi Jinping. That's just the reality. But in America, you know, at the end of the day, at least in the Republican Party, the Republican Party has loyalty laws to Israel the same way Xi Jinping has laws to himself. It's like in China, the laws are you got to respect the Chinese government. In Saudi Arabia, you got to respect the Saudi Arabia. In, in Republican Party, you could shit on the entire Republican Party, but you can't question our greatest out. Like it's like the loyalty laws in the Republican Party are for a foreign country, not our country. And, you know, as an American, I don't think that any country should have laws that kind of, you know, I think you should win the argument with uh, intelligence and, you know, free speech, not censorship. But, you know, I guess that's a foreign idea now. I want to show something too real quick, and then I'm going to read a few comments as long as they're not too insane. Uh, I haven't seen any yet. I saw this in Times of Israel yesterday. It said, Israel tells citizens to leave Egypt and Jordan as soon as possible, avoid Morocco. And then today, apparently, they uh, they like struck Egypt by a mistake, they said. So yesterday, they said, leave Egypt. And then Israel said, uh, a short while ago, an IDF tank accidentally fired and hit an Egyptian post adjacent to the border. Uh, this incident's being investigated. The IDF expresses sorrow regarding the incident. Nuance Bro said, we, we've all accidentally fired a missile, haven't we? It's like, yesterday, they're like, all right, everybody leave. And then today, they're like, oh, we shot a missile there by mistake. It's like, maybe. But the only reason I brought that up is because, you know, this is becoming a multi-front war. Um, this is becoming a war of, you know, Israel's attacking Hezbollah, Palestine, Egypt now. I don't know if they're trying to or not. Maybe that was a mistake. But it's like, you know it's getting dicey out there. And I think they have a right to do that. It's just like, as an American, do we have a right to not want to join a foreign war? And the thing with like, the most annoying thing with people like Ben Shapiro to me, I don't care that he likes Israel. I don't care that he wants to give them money and weapons and whatever. I don't care. It's a foreign policy agreement or disagreement that every American citizen is allowed to have. But the hypocrisy of Ben is he'll be like, we have to do this. We have to do this. And if you don't agree, he'll call you an anti-Semite. So it's like, and then he'll say that you can't say he has any loyalty to Israel. That's one of the laws on the State Department website is you're not allowed to say that anyone in America has loyalty, dual loyalty. Like they wrote an article about me and they're like, he says that people have dual loyalty. I've never said that. Ev Clearly, everyone doesn't have dual loyalty. You can't win. There's millions of Jews that don't care about Israel because they're not Zionists. They're like just Jewish and they don't, you know, it's like a Polish person that's not in Poland, doesn't care about Poland anymore. But long story short, it's like, I don't, not everyone has dual loyalty and not every Zionist has dual loyalty. I'm, I've never said that, but like, is the number zero? Is that why they want to write articles about me? Am I supposed to say not a single person in America has loyalty to Israel, not Ben Shapiro? And it's anti, like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's worthy of a smear article and they try to ruin your character forever because you notice that Ben Shapiro clearly likes that country, but you're not allowed to say it. But then also you're not allowed to disagree or agree. It's like you're damned if you do either way. You know, it's 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 nuts. Um, I'm going to read a few comments. 
Someone said, this is not our war, said Patricia. I would say, yeah, but it will be because, you know, it will be because they'll give them money. And I think America will stand with Israel. But what I think Biden's trying to do, this is like, there, there's like a, there's a sect of people who support Israel that want Israel to like chill out. And then there's a sect of people who like Israel that want to just blow Palestine off the map and f fight a seven front war. So I think there's two factions of like, it, you know, America supports Israel, Biden, Trump, Obama. It doesn't matter. They all do to some extent, but some just do more than others. And the question is like, you know, do you want to fight a seven front war? Does America want to be spread this thin? Do we want to get the whole Muslim world against us? And this is something that I've noticed through education and studying and, and researching and just being, you know, older and wiser. When we were young, they used to tell us that just like, you know, there was a lot of like anti-Muslim propaganda. And I'm not saying that there's everyone in the Muslim world is good, but they were like, everyone's a terrorist. Everybody hates you because you're free. They don't like America for this and that. If you study, it's that's not why they don't like America. Like if you go to Saudi Arabia, they do like Americans and they like our money and they like buying our stuff because they got oil money. If you go to the United Arab Emirates, they do like Americans. They, they, they What they don't like is the fact that we're supporting Israel in a war that they're fighting with Palestine and it's like a multi-front war. And that's really what they don't like. It's not America. It's our relationship to the fact that we back Israel when they, you know, have a, a conflict with uh, Palestine. So it's like they're not inherent. They don't look at America like screw those guys. They're so free. They're whatever. It's that's not how they look at it. It's it's this topic is like the heated one, because if Israel starts escalating, escalating, escalating now, a lot of our allies are like, well, dude, you guys got to chill out because here's all I'm going to say. I'm not there. I can't tell you everything that's happening. But like I said, I'm not going to say look at Trey Yanks and believe everything all the time. Like, I don't know everything, but out of everybody that's on the ground over there, I trust Trey Yanks the most because he just seems like a nice guy. He seems very genuine. Um, he said that, you know, thousands of people died in Israel. Horrific, tragic, terrible. He's reported that four to 5,000 people died in Palestine. How many more are going to die in Palestine? So like to America, it depends who you listen to because there's two sides of this argument freaking out. One side is like saying Israel's killing everybody. One side is saying Palestine's killing everybody and everybody's fighting with each other. But the truth is people are dying on both sides. And I think the number of people dying in Palestine is more. So if, you know, pro-Zionist media doesn't want to report that Palestinians are dying and doesn't want to say that it's happening or says that they're all Hamas, you believe that. Ben Shapiro's audience believes that, you know, Mike Pompeo's audience believes that, but 90% of the world doesn't believe that they're not, they're not getting that narrative. So, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it doesn't, it's not going to, you're not going to get, it's not going to be a daily wired event. Like, you know, like most Muslim fighters, most Russian, like they were all talking about Palestine at this last event. And I think like 90% of the world probably feels that way too. So, you know, I think they have the right to, uh, defend themselves. And I understand it's a dicey situation, but you know, uh, as an American citizen, I guess what you're going to learn is people will hate you if you don't support their conflict. Like America is such a powerful country. And I guess we've become like the world police. So if you live in Netherlands, you don't have this pressure. Like if I was a journalist in the Netherlands, 
No one gives a shit what I'm talking about when it comes to foreign policy because the Netherlands doesn't have any power. In America, you know, I would say when the Ukraine war started, I was just reporting on it and some Ukrainian chick was like freaking out at me. And it's like, that's America. We just pay taxes for everyone else and I don't have an opinion. And that's when it gets ticked off. It's like if America's going to take 20, 30, 40% of my taxes, at least let me have an opinion about the country that I'm funding. Like if I say, hey, I'm not a huge fan of Zelensky. I don't think it's a democracy and I'm not, I don't think funding a war to fight Russia is a good idea. And then I got some Ukrainian American chick freaking out at me. It's like, oh, everybody wants our money and our taxes, but God forbid an American has an opinion. Like we're just supposed to be worker bees, you know? And now it's like the roles are reversed with Israel. It's like the, now it's going to be instead of the Democrats freaking out at you, it's going to be the Republicans freaking out at you where it's like, you know, you're here to pay taxes and shut your mouth. And it's like at a certain point, Americans don't necessarily hate Ukraine or hate Israel. It's like we're we're funding everyone all the time and our country is just getting obliterated from within. So it's like, a you know, it's just like a natural response to be like, yeah, I don't know about all this. Like, I don't I don't really want to get into World War Three. I don't you know. But and then it's like, oh, what are you anti-Semitic? Oh, what are you anti-Ukraine? What are you pro-Putin? It's like, I guess I take my money. Yeah, I'll just keep working and paying taxes on everything all the time and have no opinion. Sure. You know. Let me see. Try to read a few comments. Someone said America is a constitutional republic, never a democracy. Stop that lie. Did I say America was a democracy? I said, I don't think Ukraine is a democracy because they banned political parties uh, and consolidated the media. So I don't know who you're talking to, but maybe someone in the comments. Someone said in the comments, Palestine is not a place. Um, so I, you want to just kick them all out and tell them to go somewhere? You could do that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying you can't feel that way, but it's like, do you live in America? Do you want to kick them out yourself? I, like, what do you want to do? You want to kick millions of people out that were there for hundreds of years, but now it's not a place, even though there's a map. I, I brought it up Mo, pretty much America, Australia, Canada, and our allies and Israel they think that Palestine doesn't exist, but uh, the whole rest of the world does. All of Africa does, all of the Middle East, pretty much uh, all of South America. Like, this is a topic where America is massively, massively outnumbered. Um, but I'm not, I'm not here to draw a line and tell you whose country it is. I just have my own perspective uh, as an American citizen. But let me read a few comments that aren't too insane. Uh, the democracy republic thing is a dumb distinction. We're a democratic republic, so who cares? I would say this about America, though. Amer and this is where Americans need to take accountability. We're not victims, okay? I know people freak you out, whether you're left-wing or right-wing, and they all tell you, you know, you're not a victim, and then they'll be the victim, and they're the eternal victims, and you're the victim, and the election's a victim. In my opinion and in my analysis... Elections don't matter that much because lobbyists have bought off all politicians, including Donald Trump. So, you know, when it when it comes to voting for these people, there are certain lobbying organizations, lobbying groups, corporations that control both sides. And what makes a good politician at this point? Like in the last I don't think we've seen a good politician for at least 20 years. I mean, Ron Paul was good, but it doesn't really count because he didn't do that much. But you get what I'm saying? What makes a popular politician?
being a good liar, being a good actor. Like Reagan was a good politician. He was an actor. You know what I'm saying? Uh, George Bush tricked Republicans for eight years. He was a successful politician. And then uh, Obama was like a really good actor. So he made people think that change is, change is going to come. Okay. James is going to come. Yeah. Okay, bro. Pass your Obama, Mitt Romney care and move on. You know, eight years of Obama and then Trump got in and then Biden. It's like, it's like an actor competition, but neither side wants to admit it. And both sides are spun up on their media. So it's like they could flip you in a week and you don't even realize it's like Democrats go from like hate speech is not free speech. And then a week happens, there's a new conflict. And now I have multiple Republicans I follow unironically posting hate speech isn't free speech. Like, like they just flip the parties in a week and, and people don't even realize. So it's like, you know, until Americans, they think it's pessimism to think that like these people don't matter. But it's like, you know, when I when I started saying, because like I believe that Trump didn't take money, like I actually believed him. I did the research. Trump took hundreds of millions of dollars from corporations, hundreds of millions of dollars from mega donors. Trump took the money just like everyone else. Trump actually took more corporate money than Obama for his inauguration, literally. So Trump sold out. But like Republicans are so emotionally attached to Trump, they don't want to believe that. So it's like Republicans are useless and Democrats are useless because they're like they want you to fight. There's people above the politicians. They don't care if you fight over Trump and Biden. They don't, you know, there's certain people that they want in for certain reasons. But at the end of the day, you know, most of the time they'll get their way anyway, regardless of who's in office. So if Americans aren't smart enough to figure that out and they're too emotional, then we don't deserve anything. We're going to get the product of a group of people that doesn't care about you running the country. And if things seem a little off, it's because they are a little off. But if Americans can't figure out why they're off, then that's our that's our fault. You know, I don't I, like you got to figure it out. And as far as being in politics, like if you just casually watch, then it is what it is. It's easy to get tricked. At this point, though, if the, like all these news analysts, if they've been doing it as long as me and they haven't figured out what's going on, are they stupid? I don't think so. I think it's like a, they don't want to pivot. You know, it's like it's it's scary to pivot sometimes. And I think, you know, the cash cow rolls when you just stick to like, the basics, you know, the, the money's in the basics. It's not in like the critical analysis. So let me see. Someone said we need to wake up. It's the same two headed monster. Yeah. I mean, like I, I believe for a while that Trump was really different and DeSantis, but there's certain topics where they're not. And it's, it's not pessimism. It's basically just like realizing how the system works. Um, you know, when it comes to the pharmaceutical thing, the reason I talked about that for a while there's there's two ways you could go when I mean, if 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 you believe that it wasn't as good, like if you think that the vaccine saved 100 million lives and it's the greatest thing ever, you're now in the minority. But if you believe that, then you're out of this conversation. If you don't believe that, then you believe two things about Donald Trump because he came in as a vaccine skeptic. He left office as a massive salesman and, and just hawking the product. Either you believe he's a fool. He got tricked. He's dumb, you know, or he sold out. Like there, and most people don't want to say sold out because they live in his economy. You know, most people don't want to say sold out because they look up to him and they want to believe in him. But it's like, you know, you think he's just stupid? <laughs> like he's not he's not dumb. Trump's not dumb. He just sold out. But I know that's not popular. So we got to just play make believe. And that's what politics is. Just just like make believe. You know, you just you fight each other like 
you fight the left in the right fights. And, and a lot of what they do, it, it's hand in hand. They, they do the same stuff where it's like punch, jab, 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 knockout. And then you get knocked out. They knocked me out. Trump did knock me out. He just jabbed me in the face 20 times. Yeah, but the Democrats knocked me out. It's like George Bush passes the Patriot Act. The Democrats use it against you. Republicans hired all the people you hate, but they just made a mistake. They fund big pharma and print trillions of dollars. And then the Democrats mandate it. And then the Republicans start the war, uh, you know, in the Middle East and Obama expands it. And then, you know, the right wing neocons, you know, create a refugee crisis for a foreign country and then call you hate speech and pass speech laws. And then the left brings the refugees to America. It's like they're 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 working in unison. They just can't tell you they're working in unison because then you'd figure it out and then it would stop. They like the game ends once both sides figure it out. But apparently both sides can't figure it out. You know what I'm saying? It's not someone said Biden's a lunatic. I'm not disagreeing. He's absolutely a psychopath. But it doesn't change what I'm saying, you know, and and that's the problem is like Republicans want to be like Biden sucks, Biden sucks. And then the left, like, Trump sucks, Trump sucks. And, then, you know, that's what highly emotional people will do is just fight each other when there's, you know, it's just like that's the whole script. Um, someone said the vaccine saved us. It was your choice to take it. I mean, if you're one of those people who wants to believe that Trump had to rush a vaccine to save a world, you know, maybe Reagan shouldn't have closed down the mental clinics because that's that's what you do when you're so attached to politicians. If you could look at 50 pieces of information, that's all public, and it leads to Trump sold out and he didn't make him he, he didn't like get tricked. He just sold out. But if you're so emotionally obsessed with that character you'll make like a theory in your head that makes no sense. It, it, it's devoid of all logic. It's like he had to rush it to save the world from a lockdown. It's like, it doesn't even make sense. They locked down after the vaccine came out. He he did it for the pharmaceutical industry. They made a fortune. But it's like, this is why Republicans are just as useless as the left. It's like in order to fix these situations, you have to get to the root of the issue. But most Republicans, they know the problem, but they don't know how to solve it. And they just can't, they, they don't have the humility to get past this point. And now what you're starting to see is the George Bush era come back. Like the whole reason I never liked Republicans growing up, I didn't like hate everybody or anything. I wasn't a left-wing psycho, but I never liked Republicans because at a young age, I had the intuition. I was a very trippy kid, to be honest. Like I was not, I was not like a normie by any means. And I always said that George Bush's wars were not, you know, it was like not for the right reasons and the Patriot Act was bad. And Republicans got so mad at me. You're not a patriot. You're not an American. You're a terrorist. You're a libtard. Okay. You know, and then Obama got in. I never really liked Obama, you know, and no one really cared, to be honest. No, like I, I was in college, so I just didn't even pay attention that much. But I, I, I was never like, Obama's my hero. I knew he was a puppet. I could tell. Um, okay. Fast forward. It's like, you know, now Republicans are right back to where they were. And, and not all of them. The people are waking up. Honestly, the people are waking up and the establishments and not just the main establishment, but all the establishments, they're exposing themselves to anybody who's paying attention. That's not overly emotional. That's not overly wound up. They want people to get wound up. And I'll tell you what, too, whether you're a Palestinian protester or an Israeli protester at times like this, you know, tensions are high. And it's like if people do stupid crap, 
you know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily hurt the people at the top of the pyramid because, you know, when crisis and tragedy happens, it just makes people fight each other. They, they don't care if black people fight white people. They don't care if Democrats fight Republicans. They don't care if average Palestinians fight average like Jewish people or Christians or whatever. Like that's like low level stuff, you know, like that's not it's not getting to like the top of what's going on. So when that type of stuff happens in the streets, it's not really like a threat to the establishment. It's like when like the proud boys would go fight Antifa and stuff. It's like, I, I, I used to call it the, I don't know if I could say the R word it's, it rhymes with reward, but I used to call it the reward proxy battle. Cause it's like the elites don't give you know what I'm saying? Whether you're left wing or right wing, if you're just fighting Antifa in the street, both sides like they think they're accomplishing something like antifa is like i'm fighting them they're like i'm fighting antifa and it's like neither one of you know you know like no one cares it's basically like a dick swinging contest in the middle of the street for like oh, you think like bankers and freaking warmongers and politicians and billionaires in the pharmaceutical industry you, you think they're looking at like a proxy war on a side street in portland and being like oh that's really a threat they don't care if anything, it's just a story. It's just another distraction. It's just another diversion. It's just another gotcha moment. It doesn't, it's, it's not really moving the needle. Um, someone said they want us to fight each other. Yeah, the, the solution is peaceful though, because this is my personal opinion. Anybody that leads you to think that like any other solution, like, oh, we got to do this in, in America, it's going to be a Fed trap because you're not doing anything. You get what I'm saying? Like they have all your information. They have everything tapped. You get what I'm saying? Like you're not, you're not doing anything. If anything, you're just going to get arrested. So stop. Anybody that tells you there's going to be a civil war, they're either a fed or they're going to set you up with the feds. Cause there's going to be no civil war. Maine's not marching down to Texas to fight. Half of Texas is gay. Now. Anyway, you go to Austin, it looks like West Hollywood. You're not there. There is no, like, you know, the best you're going to get is like a street conflict where like, 10 people get punched in the face, people film it, and then they take away your first amendment. Like you're, there's no, you know, things are bigger than that. Now it's an information war. It's a, you know what I'm saying? There's artificial intelligence now. Like you're not, you're not beating the elites by getting pissed off and being like, Oh, we got to do something. Yeah. You're going to get set up by the fed. Stop thinking that way. And I'm not even saying, it's just like, where are you going? What do you, you're not doing anything like it to win. It's basically like a, I'm not buying. Imagine if there's, I was going to say a pillow salesman, but that just sounds like Michael Lindell. I got to pick a new project, a product. Uh, imagine if there's like a, you know, a pharmaceutical that like is hurting a lot of people and everybody's buying it and they're like, oh, we got to get mad at Pfizer. We got to go do this and do that to their building. And it's like, no, you don't. You just have to stop buying it. If you stop buying it, it all ends. The solution is peaceful. So it's the same thing with media. Stop buying what they're selling and it all deteriorates. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot amongst all the really bad trends in the world. There's a lot of good trends. Like a lot of people are not buying what they're selling anymore. You're starting to see it. But the problem is both sides are too stubborn because to be honest, the left is wrong about 99 out of 100 things. But the times that they are right on like two topics, then the Republicans are wrong and they're freaking out. And it's like it's just this whole freak out fest, you know. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, people need to have the humility to to look at what they think and who they're listening to. Because, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Listen to who you want to, you know, take sides of the equation. I don't listen to any of these people. You know what I'm saying? I don't dislike Alex Jones, but I don't listen to Alex Jones. I don't listen to Ben Shapiro. I don't listen to Michael Knowles. I don't listen to Dan Bongino. I don't listen to Charlie Kirk. I don't listen to any of these people. Like, when I listen to them for five minutes, I feel like I'm listening to, like, Rachel Maddow. It's like, 
Do they say things I agree with sometimes? Absolutely. I don't listen to Steve Bannon. Do they say things that correlate with what I say? Yeah. But overall, to me, it just sounds like propaganda all the time. China. It's all a joke. And I'm not saying China is not a threat, but it's like, dude, I don't pollute my brain with, with, with that type of stuff. So it's like Republicans, they give you people to like listen to, but like half of them aren't even giving you the full scoop. It's like, if you got to uproot a tree and they're just giving you leaves all the time and telling you to be mad at the leaves and I'm telling you to be calm, but here's the root of the tree. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have time to listen to leafy low level. Like, you know, it's like, it's just there to like rile up Republicans. Like, it's just, it's, you know, and then the left is trying to rile up their side, you know, and, and if they could get you both riled up, someone's going to do something stupid eventually. It's like, you got the, you got the, you, you know, Dan Bongino trying to convince you that there's a day of jihad. They're coming for you. You know, and then you got the left freaking everyone. Oh my God, Palestine. You know, and it's like, they, like, it's like, here, dummies, you know, get pissed off. You got Rachel Maddow telling everybody that everybody's Russian. Yeah. Oh my gosh, everybody in America's Russian. If you don't support the war in Ukraine, you're a Russian bod. And then both sides are, you know, like they're like, all right, go out in the streets. So one of you will do something stupid. Then we'll lock you back in your houses, take away your freedom. It's like, you know, and like, I don't listen to any of these people. Someone said I'm anti-day of jihad. There was no day of jihad, though. And in general, I'm not saying you have to like, like everybody and trust everybody, but I'm just saying like, educate yourself outside of what these dummies are saying. And you might learn something and you might figure out that like 99.99% of these people don't hate you for that reason. They dislike what's going on with foreign policy here. And to be quite frank, if you start, like I studied Syria a lot when that, that happened, right? Because I was like, what's going on with Syria? Like they're yelling at Trump. ISIS is there. They told us to be afraid of ISIS and North Korea. And then Trump gets along with North Korea and things are cool and everyone's mad. And I was like, yo, that's cool. You know, Kim Jong-un and Trump, that's kind of gangster. But anyway, in general, I started really studying Syria. And, you know, people like Tulsi Gabbard were explaining that America is funding rebel groups. Who's a rebel group? If you're the government of Syria, like Bashir al-Assad, right? And you run the country and it's not perfect, but you're the government and there's millions of Christians or hundreds of thousands of Christians in Syria. It's one of the most Christian places in the world. And then you got America funding rebel groups. If there's a country where millions or hundreds of thousands of Christians are safe and America's funding a rebel group, who's a rebel group? You know, and Tulsi Gabbard's like, these are basically terrorists. America funds anybody that they can to do their bidding in certain countries. And in general, we started like a three-way proxy war. And one of the ways that Trump was able to beat ISIS was he stopped funding rebel groups. You know what I'm saying? I'll just leave it at that. It's like you can Google Trump cutting a, I think it was like a multi-billion dollar funding program to, to, to the Middle East and Syria. And two years later, they disappear and they're only in one region. And then the news is telling you, we got to go to that one region. And it's like, you get what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to make a lot of friends in the Middle East if America's funding uh, rebel groups to attack sovereign governments. You know what I'm saying? Where like Syria, there's hundreds of thousands of Muslims and Christians and they mostly live in peace. Um, and America's trying to stir up that pot. It's not going to make a lot of friends. And when it comes to uh, when it comes to like, you know, other countries, there are, there is beef in certain countries. Like there are countries in Africa where Muslims and Christians are fighting. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you go to a nice neighborhood and then you go to a shitty neighborhood, it's like, it's all good in Abu Dhabi because everybody's rich, but you go to some broke country or a country where people are pissed off, 
you do have conflict. There is religious conflict in the world. What's going on in Armenia seems insane, but because the media doesn't like Christians, you're not going to hear about that story, but it's probably devastating what's going on there. But, you know, they don't they don't have enough press power to get that story out there. Um, and I don't know enough about it to really weigh in on it. Uh, am I the only one that's not sure about Byron Donald's? he's not going to be who you want him to be at this point. I would say like the Congress thing, it's just a clown show like Jim Jordan. Who cares? You know, like if he wins great, if he doesn't, it's fine. Like Byron Donalds is not going to save you. I promise you that guy's not going to change your life. It's not, he's not going to like blow your mind in, in Congress. That's like low level. You know, I don't trust him. I saw like, he's better than most, but he's a politician. He'll, he'll do what he has to do, but he probably won't even get there anyway. He's, he just got to Congress. Here's another thing, too. There's there's way better people than Byron Donalds like Thomas Massey that have been there for a decade that are way better. And it's like he just gets there. He, you think he's going to be the Speaker of the House? Didn't he just get to Congress like last year? It's, just, it's a clown show. I just yeah, I just ignore it. It's like it's like a bunch of like grandstanding actors, you know, like they all puff out their chest and they say something, but it doesn't matter. You know, they know if they said anything that actually mattered. They'd be canceled in a second. The closest thing I've seen to somebody actually saying something that mattered was when Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about the pharmaceutical industry, like way harder than other Congress. Did you notice none of those other people were talking about it that much? It's like, you know, it's like a soap opera. Yeah, in my opinion. But, I, you know, and it might have been a bad idea to do what they did to McCarthy. It might backfire. But at this point, who cares? Because what was he really doing anyway? Like, the Republicans will tell you, oh, that's not good. And it's like something, you know, Americans are rightfully just like not feeling the, the situation. So there's a chance that kicking out McCarthy was a bad idea. And Matt Gates was kind of grandstanding and, and not. But what he was saying was valid. I mean, whether he was being deceitful or not, him talking about spending bills and the fact that, you know, every year th this is there's two huge stories that if everybody wasn't just freaking out left and right all the time we could talk about it two things every year they do multi-trillion dollar multi-billion dollar usually in the trillions a spending bill and they call it an omnibus bill and nobody reads it and it's full of bullshit and it doesn't matter if biden's in office and it doesn't matter if trump's in office and it doesn't matter if obama's in office and it doesn't matter if jim jordan's the speaker and it doesn't matter if kevin mccarthy's a speaker and it doesn't matter if nancy pelosi or mitch mcconnell's in charge it doesn't matter they pass it every year but americans are too wound up to realize this it doesn't matter who you vote for when they pass these psychotic spending bills and they've made it normal they've moved the overton window so far that people just think it's normal it's not normal george washington was not spending multi-trillion dollar bills every year they never would have allowed that stuff but people are too caught up in the drama aoc ilhan omar rashida Tlaib, donald trump matt gates you know it's like left wing right wing you know the steve bannon china you know say and then like freaking damn on gino you know and then you listen to rachel mash she's like and then people you know it's like it doesn't matter every year no matter who's there they pass these multi-trillion dollar bills and trump's not going to save you Matt Gates is not going to save you, but he did mention it and it's appreciated. So that's one of the big scandals that happens every year. And then also, I would say income tax. You know, it's like 
you're not draining the swamp when you're taxing people 30%, 40%. Like Americans are just being robbed. You know, how do they have all this money for wars all the time? Oh, we got we got the money. Oh, Janet Yellen says we have money because they're taking 40% of your income. You buy something, it gets taxed. You sell something, it gets taxed. Buy a house, tax, sell it, tax, 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 tax. Buy a stock, get a tax, 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 tax. You're probably getting taxed more than 30% because it's like, what's not being taxed? I get taxed 30 to 40% of my income. Then I get the income and it's sitting there and then I get a stock and then I get taxed on that and the house and there. And they're just stealing your money and just giving it to foreign countries and giving it to themselves and giving it to contractors and giving it to big pharma. And they give you Donald Trump because they know that you're not going to pay attention. He's like, eh, my vaccine was so great. I printed trillions of dollars and Operation Warp Speed saved a trillion gazillion bajillion lives. I speak like Dr. Evil because I don't respect my base because they don't respect themselves. I'm a socialist now. I do $18 billion big pharma scam deals with your tax money. And people are like, oh, no, you don't understand. I read Lynn Wood message board and I listened to X-22 report and Trump printed the money to save the world. I mean, he had to give socialist money to pharma to save the country. Ugh, but the, how dumb is the left? I mean, you don't get anything anomaly. You need to read Michael Knowles' book. I'd rather take a Where's Waldo book, open it and wear it on my head like a lampshade than read a freaking Michael Knowles book. I'm not... You know, there's nothing there's nothing he's going to tell me that I couldn't hear in a 50 second reel of Ben Shapiro yelling at some depressed liberal on a college campus. Like there's you know, there's nothing there for me. I'm you know, I'm past that phase. But in general, it's you, you get what I'm saying. It's all like a big game. And both sides don't have humility. They don't have the self-awareness to be like you're like the liberals are wrong about a lot, almost everything. But that doesn't mean like you're right. You know what I'm saying? Politicians is, are filled with binaries. You could vote, but like it's you paying attention. It's like if I brought you to, to like a freaking store and I'm like, you have two options. You can either take Coke and pour it on your head or you could take Diet Pepsi and pour it on your head. And I'm like, I don't want to pour soda on my head. Someone said, Bill Young said, I'm out. This show sucks. This show sucks. And I'm like, I don't get it. I think I'm going to pour soda on my head. Okay, dude, whatever. You know, it's like, those are the two options they're giving you. And it's like, if I stand in the store and be like, can I drink like water instead of pouring soda on my head? I mean, that doesn't, oh, what do you, you don't like Trump? What do you have Trump derangement syndrome? What are you, pro-Putin? What are you, Russian? What are you, an anti-Semite? What are you, a racist? What are you, a conspiracy theorist? What are you, a sexist? Oh, what do you hate Israel? Oh, you hate Palestine? Oh, you're trying to genocide Muslim people? People in the black and brown you don't believe george floyd i mean what the hell you don't like you don't like you like putin too much you don't like Zelensky. and it's like you get what i'm saying like i'm like no i just don't want to pour soda on my head but that's what we do here we're all freaking insane it's like that's politics everyone's crazy it's why i don't even want to tweet that much it's like i already i'm reading the comments and it's like i'm just getting dumber every take i'm reading i'm just getting dumber and dumber and dumber i'm like this is this is not high level stuff going on here um but a lot. Someone said you make good points. I appreciate it. That's why I'm employed. You know, with without without my good points, I, I'd be uh, I'd be on the street with a sign. So I appreciate your support. By the way, we do have God bless beanies back, guys, at DreamRare.com. Made in America beanies. They're stretchy. They fit if you have a big head like me. I'm not talking about my ego. I have a the size of my head is large, apparently larger than average. I got a big head. Um, and I don't like like skinny hats. So I got these ones and I got sweatshirts made in America. Everyone loves the sweatshirts. They're my favorite sweatshirt. You will not be disappointed. 
the, those are fire. Check it out at dreamware.com. Um, let me see. Patrick says, yeah, we get it. It's theatrics. It's a clown show. And there's not any media broadcast that doesn't have bias in one way or another. Too many people live in the life of the routine and, and grassroots will never change. So therefore, at least half the country will be good little taxpaying sheep. So your logic to not just buy into the bureaucracy and lies, these politicians are spewing will never happen. Well, I mean, oh, JK said, pure truth, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, Jay. I appreciate it. But it's like, for example, like this is people are like, you changed from 2019. Here's when I changed. I thought we all believed what we actually said. But then it's like Trump prints trillions of dollars and people are like, he had to do it to save the world. It's like, okay, so Republicans... Republicans are against socialism unless you give them an orange vaccine salesman who just is hilarious. And then they're socialists. Like both sides are total hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? Like you just got to give them a character that they believe and then they'll believe anything. Like it's, you know, it's like story time. Susan said, um, in the seventh century, the Arab conquest took place and they brought in military colonies that gradually took over the farmland from the Israelis. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's possible. I don't know. I'm, here's the most annoying part about when everybody lies about me and like Israel and anti-Semitism or whatever. I'm not anti-Zionist. I'm not supporting what the, that government's doing and I'm not going to pretend to. Um, but I'm not against their right to exist. I just don't think they need to dehumanize 2 million people and try to kill them. You know, it's like, just like the other side doesn't need to do that too. So it's like, it's a dicey situation over there. I'm not saying Israel can't have land in the Middle East. I'm not saying you have to give it back. Some people are saying that. They're saying, give it all back. You're a terrorist. Go away. I'm not saying that. But also, if you understand my interpretation of it, it's like if someone says that, they shouldn't be banned on a college campus. If someone likes Israel and says Palestine's a terrorist state and they're all terrorists, I don't agree with it, but I don't think that they should be banned from saying it on a college campus, I should be able to go and raise my hand and disagree. And then vice versa, if someone doesn't like Israel, they shouldn't be banned on a college campus, but Republicans are passing Israeli loyalty laws where you can't speak against them on a college campus. So I, you know, I think there's a, there's a argument to be had there, but I, you know, so with Israel, it's like, I don't think they don't have a right to exist. I think Americans have a right to exist and keep their first amendment. And if I say Republican politicians are compromised, I don't feel, you know, I'm not lying. You know, you could call me whatever you want, but they won't call me a liar. They'll call me this. They'll call me that, but they never say he's lying. Cause I'm not, cause it's the truth. And the people writing the articles, oh, no, no, they know you think they don't know that I'm telling the truth. Of course they do. It's like, yeah, this guy's awesome. You know, but in general, it's like, uh, if you want that land and you want that land, do I have a say? Do I get to secure my border? Do I get to say I don't feel like paying 40% in taxes? Do I get to say, do I get to critique a foreign government the same way I could critique? If I can't, that's the annoying part about the Zionists. If you're in Palestine, you're annoyed by other things. But in America, the annoying part about right-wing Zionists is the fact that they constantly exaggerate. They constantly take past speech laws. They constantly abuse the word anti-Semitism. They call everything they don't like Hamas all the time. Everybody's Hamas. All the kids are Hamas. They all voted for him in 2006. Am I responsible for what Obama did? You know, am I responsible if he drone strikes a wedding? It's just a dangerous president to set, but whatever. You know, it's like that, that's that's the annoying part. Me personally, some some disagree. 
But me personally, I'm not anti-Zionist. I think they have a right to exist. But if Ben Shapiro says it's anti-Semitic to say he likes Israel when he obviously likes Israel, it's just subversive and it's fake and it's dumb. You know, it's like if you like America, you could live here. If you want to criticize America, you could live here. If you want to live there, live there. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I'm not against him moving there. But if he wants to stay here, that's cool too. He has every right to, but it's like he, every time he calls everything anti-Semitism all the time, it's just annoying. He's like, oh, it's anti-Semitism to say anyone has loyalty to that country. Are you suggesting that you don't? Is, is that like, does anyone, no one believes that, including your own audience. But then when a Jewish American doesn't like Israel, then you call, you, you're mad at them. It's like, you're mad at both sides of the same argument. It's, it's insane. So it's like, you know, I don't care. I don't, I'm not what they say, but I'm not, I don't care, you know? And it's like, everybody likes America to just do whatever they want to Americans and to, to our constitution. But the second you stand up for yourself or have an opinion, then all of a sudden everybody hates you. Like they just want to use us, um, in my opinion. And it's like, okay, as a Christian, should I draft anti-Christian speech laws? Should I draft a bunch of speech laws and try to Imagine if I drafted anti-Christian speech laws, I passed these speech laws, and then I started calling everybody anti-Christian if they questioned the fact that I was doing it. And then anybody that talked about it, I just kept calling anti-Christian all the time. Wouldn't that be a little annoying? Wouldn't that be just a little bit annoying? And then if you told the truth about me, I called it anti-Christian. You're like, oh, you like Jesus. And I'm like, oh, that's anti-Christian. Oh, that's anti-Christian. Everything's anti-Christian. You're anti-Christian. Oh, you're all, you're anti, it's like, it's annoying. You know what I'm saying? Thing. And it's like, instead of just stop being annoying, it's like the censorship just increases, increases, and increases. It, it, this happens in 15 different categories. Like, for example, uh, to shift gears to get myself in more trouble, you know, crime rates in certain cities, the patterns are obvious. Everyone knows it. You could ban speech. You could ban skinny models. You know what I'm saying? You could replace white people in every film that's ever been made. It's not going to change the fact of what's happening. And everyone realizes it, especially people in those neighborhoods that live around that and the kids in those neighborhoods. So it's like, you know, you, you could you could pass every racist speech law in the book. But if the crime rate in this neighborhood is 80 percent, 90 percent, everyone knows, including the people that live there. So it's like, is that going to stop the violence in that neighborhood? No. Is that going to make people like it? No. You know, so it's like, it's not going to work. I don't, you know, you like, it's like, instead of fixing an, an issue, you just stop everyone from talking about it. That's the goal. That's like the plan in a lot of these categories. It's like, you know, everything's anti-gay, everything's anti-gay. Maybe you guys are going nuts over there. And I'm not, you know, like at, at one point it was like, no one really cared that much. And now you're trying to like sexualize five-year-olds and you know, not everyone has to agree with that. So the more you do, the more people are going to disagree. And then you claim it's hate. Like they do this with every topic. Like nobody actually wants to look at the situation and fix it. They just want to stop everyone from talking about it in this world. And the left does this all the time. The left does this with eight out of 10. But when it comes to the country that must not be named and the speech laws that must not be named, Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, and 90% of the Republican Party does it. And the wildest thing is like pages that I like and I follow are getting obliterated by their comment section. And instead of realizing, they just keep doubling. Oh, there's so much hate. There's so much hate. There's so much hate. You're, you're just wrong. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there is too much hate in this world and there are bad people and I don't like hate and bad people, but like you're just wrong. What is hate speech? You know? Oh, that's hate. What? You know, bankers don't want to say they don't, you don't, they don't want you to say that they own banks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Saudi Arabia doesn't want to be questioned. China doesn't want to be questioned. Uh, you know, the Democrats hate the truth. Uh, certain teachers don't want you to like to say that you don't want your kid to change gender. Like what is hate? You know, a lot of people hate the truth. A lot of people hate God. A lot of people hate reality. A lot of people hate a debate. A lot of people hate alternate opinions on foreign policy. A lot of people hate you questioning the country that they simultaneously do and don't like because obviously they like the country. But if you say they like it, that's a hate speech violation. It's also obvious, you know, so it's like at what point, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's actually just like legitimately not working and everybody can see that it's not working whether you're on this side or this side everybody's noticing that a majority of people aren't buying it so now we we just have to be honest about it you know like why are people not buying it how do you fix it do you just keep going down the path of what made it this far in the first place no you got you know and that's the whole i would say irony of like hate etc because you know i saw someone tweet that like ben was like al sharpton you know and it's like there's certain people out there and i'm not saying it's ben necessarily but you know, I want to stop hate. I don't want races and religions to fight. That's not fun for me. I don't like it. I don't like any element of any of that. I want to live in unison with everybody. And I want to talk to my neighbors and friends of all different kinds and just chill. That's what I want to do. But the world's not perfect. So how do you stop that? Here's what people need to realize, though, is some people do want to stop the hate and, and the division. And they're just really bad at it because they're just stupid or fake. But some people benefit off of the division. You know what I'm saying? When a crisis happens, they get more power. When a crisis happens, they get a victim card. When a crisis happens, they get more prominence. And now they have this like assertion that you can't d d disagree with them. Uh, you get what I'm saying? It's like, so there are people that do want to fix the problem, but I truly believe in every group and in every you know, activism group, there are people that the, the problem makes them famous. They don't want to fix the problem. You know what I'm saying? It's like if COVID, like I did well during COVID reporting and it's like, if I was like desperately hoping COVID came back because I wanted to get big numbers again, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's a slippery slope. But in general, I think at best, a lot of people are just really bad at stopping it. Like, I think that the race uh relations have gotten worse in certain parts of the country not because everybody's so terrible but because the activist groups were pushing it too far people that i know that don't have a racist bone in their body stop watching the nfl because it was just like they're pumping so much race stuff it's like at a certain point their race activism is just them hating you you know and it's like they don't like you they don't value you they got to replace it's too much then they call you a racist for noticing so it's like they're making it worse. And the Republicans do the same thing as the liberals do when it comes to anti-Semitism. It's the same stuff. And they'll convince you, oh, we're, we're trying to help. You don't get it. By calling everything anti-Semitic, you make the word useless. By exaggerating about it, by, if you call everyone Hamas every time, you really believe that? You're no, you're no different than the Palestinian who says every Israeli is a terrorist. You're saying the same thing about the other side. And I'm not saying terrorists don't exist there. It's just like, Half the country is children. The last election was in 2006. If you were born in a country, you're 16 years old and you're just getting foreign aid or humanitarian aid and these people are giving it to you, 
you're, you know, you don't like, am I responsible for what freaking Richard Nixon did when I grow up and I was born in 1989? Now, you know, I'm responsible for Richard. Like, how the hell is it my fault? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, have a little bit of humanity when you talk about any situation. You know what I'm saying? There's good people everywhere. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that like, I think that there's some people that they like the division. They like the chaos or they're just really, really, really bad at, at solving the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, luckily I, I'm such a nice guy because like, I don't, you're not going to like make me hateful. You can't trick me into being hateful. But for instance, before this conflict broke out, I had like 12, 13 different news organizations smear me and try to wrap up my entire career and say that I'm just an anti-Semite. You think that's going to make me really like Israel when Israeli press is lying about me, but now it's a hate crime to dis or hate speech to disagree with their press when they just lied about me and they tried to sum up my whole career as hate speech when I'm one of the nicest people in news broadcasting? No, that would make most people not like you more. But me, you can't trick me into hating, so I don't appreciate the journalism. I, I don't like it. Um, but you're not going to make me blame everybody for what you did. You know what I'm saying? But it's like when you put out press like this and you smear me, you could take someone that has always loved Israel, that has always thought it had a right to exist and, and, and turn me into someone that doesn't like them. You know, it's not going to work because I've, I've always had this stance. I think they have a right to exist. I think they have a right to defend myself, but I apparently can't have an American perspective on the free speech of it. Like that's what it means to support Israel in this country is if you don't believe there should be hate speech laws, then you're a raging anti-Semite and foreign press is going to try to ruin your life for the crime of wanting there not to be speech laws because the speech laws infringe on my first amendment and they actually don't help. It doesn't stop hate. It doesn't stop chaos. It only makes more people turn against you. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm seeing in the press. It's fascinating. Three years ago, if you were a critic of Israel in any way, shape, or form in the Republican Party or, or just simply a noticer of any sort of conversation that they don't want you to have when it comes to our relationship with foreign policy, they called everybody an anti-Semite. And it was wildly unpopular. If you went to the comment sections four years ago, it was wildly unpopular to disagree with any Zionist. Now they're outnumbered by the entire world and most of the Republican Party. Most Democrats are on the side of Palestine and they're not your friends. If you went and protested for Palestine and you're like, hey, I'm a Republican, they probably hate you. They'll probably call you a fascist or something. Oh, you're a white privilege. You know, they're not your friends, but you might agree with them on that topic, but they still hate you. And it's like, you know, like the, the whole left, I would say like 80 to 90% of the base of the left supports Palestine. The establishment kind of supports Israel, but not as much as the right. And then it's like you go to the right and half of the, like most of the, like the Daily Wires and the TPSAs, it, 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 they all support Israel to the fullest extent, but their audiences are starting to question the narrative. And if you look at the Arab world and you look at, you know, African, it's like Malik Obama is Barack Obama's brother who loves Trump. He says free Palestine. It's like, They've lost the narrative on this topic. And I'm just being honest. I think the reason they've lost the narrative is because they've overplayed the smearing of people where it's like if somebody simply states something and you just jump and call, say your hate speech, hate speech, hate speech, you're going to make it doesn't work that way. It's like with racism, like 
racism was probably at an all-time low in like the 2000s like people were just like over it it's like yeah there's crime yeah we're, we're different in some ways i guess and you know what i'm saying like you guys are a little weird and you're a little weird and like i'm italian and you're a little whatever but like we all can coexist and we're all kind of the same i'll eat a bagel you eat some pizza you know what i'm saying you eat some fried chicken you come over to my house we'll cook barbecue i'll eat some you know chicken tikka masala with the india homie like everyone was kind of like over it where it's like yeah they're everyone's not going to be perfect but like racism was probably in america at an all-time low in the 90s and 2000s and then all this race activism just made it worse you know and i think uh the zionist press i think that's what's happening to them it's like they've just overplayed their hand a little bit where i'm not asking them to not like the country or defend them or whatever but like it, it doesn't it doesn't work because you went, you know, and a lot of it too is like, you got a lot of groups like say the ADL, right? They're very pro-Israel, but they're also very left-wing, right? But it's like they created a monster that they don't know what to do with. It's like the biggest Palestine protesters are left-wingers. So it's like you, you, you get all these, you know, you, you like push this narrative to the left-wing and you're like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, you talk about like white this and white that. And the thing is, like most of the left wingers that are buying all this rhetoric about white this and white that, they don't separate Jewish people from white people. So if you make a bunch and I'm not saying the ADL did this, I'm just saying there's a lot of groups in general. But in general, it's like if if all the press goes so far in the pendulum swing so far the other way where you're pushing so much race stuff and you're saying, you know, white people are racist just by existing and other races can't be racist. They've made hundreds of millions of people you know, look at white people in a not favorable way. And I'm not playing the victim. I'm just saying, so you do that. And a lot of groups and a lot of organizations and all the left-wing organizations did this, some that like Israel, some that don't like Israel, but this has been the general consensus of like the youth in the last 20 years. But then this stuff breaks out and you got groups like the ADL and other Jewish groups in New York, like where, why are all these people protesting? It's like, well, if you're a left-wing or Jewish organization, did you support mass immigration? Did you call everybody who disagreed with it racist? You know what I'm saying? Did you did you kind of fuel this sentiment of like the race thing? Because they don't see you as Jewish like some people see themselves. They see you as white. So you know what I'm saying? Like they just, they group you in with this group of people. So it's like a lot of these groups, not the right-wing ones necessarily, but like some of the right-wing neocons and Zionists, they were pro the wars. And then the wars created the refugees. And then the refugees brought people to Europe and America. And a lot of these organizations supported that. They're literally pro all this stuff. And then the refugees get there and they and they hate them. It's like you kind of created a monster that you don't know what to do with. And no one asked you to do that. So I don't understand. Like if you go to like Dearborn, Michigan, it's one of the most Islamic places in the country. It basically looks like the Middle East, right? They're not against the LGBTQ stuff. I mean, they are against the LGBTQ stuff. They're very conservative, but they're very pro-Palestine. So it's like, who wanted the refugees to come there? You know, it was a lot of these left-wing organizations. So it's like if, you know, it's like the right-wingers will start the wars. The left-wingers will continue the wars. The left-wingers bring in the people. And then, the, and then the, like the, and then the people don't agree with you. And it's like, oh, why don't they agree? It's like, well, they, I don't. I don't know. Like that, that wasn't a recipe of like national cohesion. That was a recipe of chaos and a lot of, you know, and on the right wing, I saw this happen in 2019. And if people would have listened to what I was saying then, 
there could have been a lot of a different outcome as far as like public perception, because, you know, they were banning certain people, banning certain people. And I remember in 2019, when Trump and DeSantis were passing the speech, anti-Semitism speech bills, there was a big debate going on between Shapiro and Charlie Kirk and, and people that were dissenting. And they just started saying, you guys are white supremacists. You guys are racist. You guys are this and you guys are that. And, and I, I kept watching and I was like, I don't, I don't like these people in the sense of like, I'm not co-signing what they're doing. I don't even know who they are, but you're not answering the question. It's like if a left, if Rashida Tlaib answers a asked me a question and I don't know how to answer it. So I just call her like a racist. It doesn't make me look good. If, if Rashida Tlaib is so stupid and, and Ilhan Omar or whatever, then I should be able to just destroy her argument without calling her a racist or an anti-Semite. Like I don't, agree with uh wh whatever their names are but i don't need to call them a racist or an anti-semite to beat their argument i could beat their argument by just explaining my argument without just name calling right with that being said when i saw people realize that trump and DeSantis were passing speech laws in 2019 charlie kirk and ben shapiro and all these top dogs instead of debating them they freaked out and they just started calling everybody names and blacklisting them and everybody saw it and and slowly people just like started like leaving, you know what I'm saying? Like leaving that establishment because there was no room for their discourse. And that's when I noticed, I was like, you, you'll debate a left winger, but you'll call a right winger names. And I'm not saying you have to like these people, but it's like, if I'm debating someone on the right, that's so bad. I'm like, it would be like if I debated Ben Shapiro and instead of, instead of like winning the argument, I just kept saying, you're a Zionist, you're a Zionist. Like that doesn't, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Or if he called me like anti-Semitic, right? Like, it's like, what, like I, I can't just call you a name or say like, oh, you're a neocon. Why is Ben a neo? You know what I'm saying? Like, can I explain it? Can I, can I accurately paint the picture of why I'm right and he's wrong without calling him names? And if you can't do that, you kind of just look fake and stupid. So it's like, this whole the reason the right wing is not on the side of the establishment like the Shapiro's now is because they overplayed their hand years ago. And instead of just like winning the argument, they tried to blacklist. They tried to smear. You know, I had someone on my show yesterday and he said because he's friends with a lot of people in right wing media. He said that Dave Rubin's been going around texting people, trying to kick people off television. It's like Dave Rubin is, is glad that France is canceling protests. Dave Rubin is trying to cancel people out of the media. They've been doing this type of stuff for years and ev everybody's like, doesn't agree. They're like, dude, your whole thing is free speech. So it's like overplaying the hand doesn't work. It, do it doesn't make people like you and agree with you. It makes people not. So it's like, if you want to build a coalition of a bunch of people who totally agree with you, you got to be a little more honest. And I think that there is an argument. There is a way to win that argument without doing that but they 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 they're like leftists when it comes to this topic they're like far leftist censors and they freak out and just want to like kick everybody out whenever anybody like intellectually questions them you know and i think they i think they're they're shocked this week at how many people not just on the left but on the right disagree with them and my message has always been even at that time i was like it's not it's not gonna work you, you know it's not a good strategy um Susan said, I don't hate anyone. It's poison to my spirit. I see hate on display every day, especially in our youth. I appreciate your connection to God Anomaly. You help me stay great grounded. God bless for sure. And I mean, this is another thing too, about some of those, uh, some of those platforms. And I'm not saying you have to agree with all these kids and stuff. Like some of them are annoying as shit. Like the ones that like stand in front of buses and they're like climate. It's like, what are you going to get run over by a bus to fight the climate or the most annoying thing to me? Sorry, I'm going to go off on this 
is when left wing like oil activists, they go to like a art museum and they just spray paint something. And it's just like, you're such an unimpressive human. You're not Leonardo da Vinci. You're not LeBron James. You're not Jesse Owens. You're, you're not like a, you're not like a, top tier. I love greatness. I don't care. You know, greatness makes everybody uh, way more loving of other ethnicities too, because like when you watch fighting or any sports and someone's great, someone's a great singer, great musician, whatever, you're like that. You can't deny greatness no matter who you are. So it's like being great actually like brings the world together. And it's like, there's great paintings and then they just spray paint them. It's like, you, you're such, you're not great at anything, but you're just going to just destroy classic art. Like, how is that going to stop oil? Destroy classic art, a once in a lifetime thing that someone made 2000 years ago. These people should go to prison. I mean, I, you know, like if you go to like if you go to like the Louvre and, and, and like, you know, spray paint like a Michelangelo thing like dude, that's like one of the craziest low lowest forms of activism ever. But anyway, um, outside of those who I despise those guys. A lot of right-wing media is a trap because they're just like going to college. They're like 30-year-olds going to 19-year-olds winning debates with like depressed drug addicts and then being like, oh, I dunked on that idiot. And it's like, yo, I feel bad for that girl. You know, it's like, I, it's, the, it's the same way I look at like a war. It's like if you're a 10-year-old in Israel or you're a 10-year-old in Palestine, did you choose to be that? Like, you know, are we going to look at those kids and be like, oh, because I disagree with your government, you're bad. Like, no, I look at a 10-year-old Israeli and a 10-year-old Palestinian and think that person is a product of their environment for whatever reason, you know, right or wrong, good or bad. Like that's, they're a product of their environment. You go to these kids, it's like they're 18, 17, 15, you know, and you're like, yeah, like, I don't know. You don't have a little compassion. Like they got lied to by the media. They got lied to by the music. You don't, you don't have a better angle to convince people. It's almost like these people, they're just there to, to, to divide and conquer. They're just there to lie to you. They're, they're just they're like literally Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin, their entire existence is a fraud. They made their name saying, we believe in free speech. We believe in the right to protest for things we disagree with. And then they'll turn around and say the same thing that a Palestinian activist would say to them. They'd say, Dave is a, is a colonizer, so he can't speak on this college campus because Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro want to colonize Palestine. And I was the one that was going out to defend them and be like, whether they are that or not, I don't think they are. Because Ben wrote crazy stuff about Palestinians when he was younger, doesn't mean Ben shouldn't be able to speak on that college campus. You don't have to believe him, but he should be able to speak there. But it's a one-way street with these people. Their entire existence, everything that made them famous, they don't actually believe in it. That same exaggeration that they were using to try to kick them off campuses, they're willing to use to any Palestinian protest. And it's like, I like I get the dynamic of like, you know, something bad happened and they don't want them to support it. But in their eyes, the truth is, you know, bad things have happened in their country for a long time that they've been screaming about and nobody's been listening. So it's like I get why people would be upset. But if if your whole existence is the First Amendment exists, I need to speak on college campus. And I've told people that I'm, I'm telling you, I'm five years ahead of the matrix on this one. I was on a podcast one time and I brought this up and it was like canceled because they had sponsors by PragerU. And I said, you know, PragerU has a no safe spaces, like, you know, documentary, no safe spaces. You know, it's all about the left trying to cancel college campuses. They dropped that documentary at the same time Donald Trump passed an anti-Semitism executive order that said you couldn't 
protest or boycott on a college campus and they defined what anti-Semitism do and they kicked pro or you know pro-Palestine protesters off of college campuses off the executive order. Ben Shapiro stayed silent on it. Uh, DeSantis passed it. You know, they're, they're all like frauds. You know, like they're pushing, we believe in no safe spaces on college campuses. Then why won't you talk about this one that Republicans passed? Because they all support it. And what I've said, I'm, I'm vindicated like I always am because I'm on point, you know, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm one of the best at what I do. And it's not because I'm so special. It's because these people are liars. I'm, I'm the truth. You know what I'm saying? So when people are like, you don't understand, you just hate Ben Shapiro. No, I don't. I've never dis I, I, I like a lot of what Ben Shapiro does sort of not really is annoying, but in general, he makes a lot of good points. But at the end of the day, it's like now they're, they're lifting their mask off. Like, I said that these in 2019, I said, these people don't support your right to protest. They don't support the First Amendment. They don't support free speech. And I could prove it. And everyone said, I don't want to hear it. Blah, blah, blah. You're just hating. Blah, blah, blah. Now they've taken the mask off and they're just yelling it instead of back then when they just didn't talk about it. You get what I'm saying? Before they didn't talk about it. And they just like weren't mentioning that it was happening and covering it up. But now that this broke out, now they're screaming it. They're like, ah, look, yeah, France is banning protests. This is not like they, they've blown their cover. And everyone realizes now and no, and like 90% of people disagree with them. And it's like, I didn't ask them to do that. I'm not asking them to dislike a country or like a country. I'm just at, like, just stop lying, you know? And this is the thing. It's like, if you can't stop lying, People don't like it, you know, and, and you're never going to please anyone anyway, but it's like you can't speech legislate people calling out your BS like that's not going to solve the problem. Uh, someone said, I even see, too, that even people are happy Greta's being canceled. I mean, I looked it up. Apparently that that octopus doll was not a squish mellow. Like I said the other day, it was some other like offshoot or something. They sell them on Amazon, but they're still pretty popular. I was just curious because I was like, it looked like a squish mellow, but it's like same sort of thing. I've seen multiple people, Ezra Levant, others are like, yeah, she knew, she knew what she was doing. Let's just put it this way. I've been called anti-Semitic a thousand times, even though it's not true. And they would say, oh, I know it. Like, I've never heard of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've studied Israel stuff. I've studied, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've studied a lot of stuff. Like, I've, I've never once knew that octopus toys were anti-Semitic. I've never heard of it. And no one I've ever talked to has ever heard of that. Like, you know, it, it's like, it's the equivalent of, do you remember when they called it racist that uh, someone like drew Obama like a monkey or something and they called it a racist because they made his ears big? It was a big story. They're like, oh, this racist cartoonist drew Obama's ears big like a monkey and that's racist. And it's like, okay. And then imagine if every monkey uh, like stuffed animal was now considered a racist dog whistle and, and, and like everyone knows, like, you know, I don't know. It, it seems a little bit like a stretch. Um, Someone said, how is it anti-Semitic to have an octopus toy? It's not, but they're saying they think that she knew putting that in the background would trigger people because there was a cartoon that and it's like, I maybe, but I don't think so. Like, honestly, I, I would have not have thought of it. Like to be a thousand percent honest, I feel like I probably know more than Greta as far as like, you know, I don't think she's like that old or well-studied. She knows oil. She hates oil. 
But like Greta doesn't seem like that well studied on like everything. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she is, but I don't I don't consider her like a high intellect that spent 10 years researching news like I have. I think she's like a puppet, you know? She just goes and talks about oil. So it's like I never would have thought that. You know, I'm I'm being honest. I would just tell you if I thought that that was like totally crazy. It's like if that was in the background and I saw, I never would have been like, oh, they're going to think that that's anti-Semitic. Like I, that would have totally went over my head. And I still think it's insane. But like there's, you don't, the amount of people, I saw Ezra Levant say that she knew what she was doing. I saw, what's that gay guy that always gets beat up by Antifa? Andy No, you know, that not that his claim to fame? He'd like, he'd go in front of like Antifa and then get beat up and be like, Oh my God, they're beating me up. Oh my God, give me attention. And it's like, okay. You know, he was saying that she knew what she was doing. I saw someone I follow on Instagram be like, Greta knew what she was doing. Uh, someone said, be more specific. Greta posted a picture that said like free Gaza, stand with Gaza. And she was next to Jewish liberals that said like Jews for Palestine. Right? So she's literally standing next to Jewish people. And she had a stuffed animal octopus in the background that she has and people said that the octopus was anti-semitic because at one point there was a anti-semitic meme with an octopus uh, i don't know honestly i don't really know that much about it you could look it up i've seen one with like george soros where they made george soros into an octopus and they said he had his tentacles and everything and they said that like the adl said like that was extremely anti-semitic you can't you know like george soros doesn't have his tentacles and everything. And like, that's super anti-Semitic to say, to like draw him as an octopus. So like, I don't, is that what it is? I don't know. Maybe it, like it has the history of it. You could look it up and figure it out yourself. I'm not like the most well-versed on it, but you know, yeah, I, I, I don't think Greta knew about that, but I, it's like, if you look at the ADL's website, it's like how many numbers they say are anti-Semitic. This is anti-Semitic. Like certain people say loaves of bread are anti-Semitic. It's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, but the amount of right-wingers saying that they think that she knew that, it was way bigger than I thought. And it's like, do you remember when people were doing an okay symbol? And they're like, dude, I, I know like people that do that because it means okay. It's It's a it's an it's on the app you know they had the okay symbol on the iphone app is iphone run by white supremacists it's meant the okay symbol for hundreds or thousands of years and when they were saying anyone who throws up an okay symbol must be a white supremacist like this is as crazy as that like that's what i'm saying the right is as bad shit crazy as the left is they're like oh it's a dog whistle it's, everything's a dog whistle it's like holy crap guys like it's the same shit. This is why people got to break out of it. I'm not telling people not to vote locally or to vote for whoever you want to vote for. I don't care. You want to vote for RFK? Knock yourself out. You want to vote for DeSantis? Do it. You want to vote for Trump? Sure. You want to vote for Mickey Mouse? Whatever. You know, but it, that's not going to change anything. You know, people got to, because like the right is not going in the right direction. It, this These last couple of weeks really made me like wonder. I'm like, how much better are they really? You know, because nationally, what do they do? Locally, Republicans are better. I think they spend less. They, they're better on crime, et cetera. They're not so insane with like uh, vaccine and mask mandates. So the right is better locally, in my opinion. Nationally, they're better because they get better judges, like better Supreme Court judges. Even the worst Trump judge is going to be better than a liberal judge. Even you know, the federal judges outside of the Supreme Court are almost always better when they're Republican. The left-wing judges have gone insane. Left-wingers are not picking good judges. So to me, that's all that it really changes. Like you can't even say Republicans spend less money because Trump spent more money than Obama. 
And if you think it's a mistake, like there's an event, so it must have been a mistake. Like, oh yeah, politicians have just been making mistakes for 80. They're not making mistakes. They don't care. Like you, you want it to be a movie that you like, but it's not, you got to grow up, you know? So it's like, what else are they really better on? Are they, are they better on foreign policy? I think that Republicans are better on Ukraine. Trump would be better on Ukraine when it comes to Israel. Would he be better? I don't know. I mean, I think he did a good job while he was there finessing that very tough situation. But at the same time, I don't know that Republicans are better on this topic because it's like they they want to like level the whole place and they don't seem to care about the repercussions. It's like with uh, with Ukraine, I'm not pro-Russia. I mean, at the end of the day, I do think that they're one of the only Christian countries left, which is why the you know elites want to destroy it. But in general, you know, it's besides that, it's like I don't give like I'm not right. It's not my country. I don't really care about it. No offense. But when that war breaks out, it's like, oh, you must, you must really like Putin. Ukraine and Russia to me are like the same. I like both of them in some ways, but in some ways I don't really know because I'm not Ukrainian or Russian. It's not a country that means anything to me, to be honest. With that being said, it's like, is this war a good idea? Is it a good idea to funnel weapons to Zelensky? I don't like or trust Zelensky and we're funneling a bunch of money. It's like, okay. Uh, you know, and then, the left wants to escalate that more and more and more and the right wants to de-escalate it and then they call you pro-Putin. When you go to Israel, I think that the Democrats, not all of them, because uh, but like the Biden administration, it, it, like at least what they're saying, they're admitting things that you won't see DeSantis and Trump admit. Like, And I'm not saying Trey Yanks is a Democrat, but the same way Trey Yanks said, listen, we got to separate Hamas from all Palestinians. That's what Trey Yank said, even though he's a Jerusalem journalist. He, that's the truth. You can't say everyone in Palestine is Hamas uh, and they're all terrorists and they all deserve to die. It's like that's a. And Biden also said that where he's like, we can't bring back the Islamophobia. I mean, that's a stupid word, but like it is that Bush rhetoric of like, oh, Muslim, like they're trying to bring that back. And Biden was like, yo, it doesn't make sense. And he, like, he's being more moderate on Israel. It's like Ukraine, the Democrats are psychopaths on Israel. The right goes nuts. And it's like, you know, they think that like, it's just going to work necessarily. And this is the problem. It's like, how many Ukrainians have died? How many Russians have died is at the end of the day, after 10 years, five years, eight years, is this going to be worth it for Ukraine? Maybe you look at it in Ukraine and say, we saved our country. This is the best. You know, we really won. But maybe in 10 years, it ends up like Afghanistan or Iraq or, you know, Vietnam where thousands, however many people die. And it's like, we didn't even get anything out of it. You know, there's a possibility that that happens in Ukraine. So just because you support war in Ukraine doesn't mean you're pro-Ukraine. You could actually be anti-Ukraine. And it's the same thing with Israel and Palestine, where it's like, I get it's a tough situation. I get Israel has to do stuff, but when Israel do, does stuff, America does stuff because they're our allies. So we do whatever they say most of the time or defend them. But now it's at the point where like American politicians are like, I don't know if you should go that far because you're going to drag us into this multiple war. They bombed Egypt. They're bombing Hezbollah. Like it's like a five pronged war. I get it. But like if America gets involved and now we're split 10 different ways, like we have the money to do it, I guess it's like, you know, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, certain escalation might backfire. It might backfire on Ukraine. It might backfire on Israel. So 
you know, these countries have a decision to make and it's not up to us what they do. But when our country is involved, apparently it is up to us because if we ever stopped funding Ukraine and this is this is my interpretation of the Ukraine war. Obviously, it's going to be sim simplified to save time. But it's like the second America stops funding the Ukraine war is the second Zelensky has to strike a deal with Putin. And the only way this war is going to end is if Zelensky strikes a deal with Putin. Right now, you know, there, there's nightclubs in a lot of these uh, Ukrainian countries. Like people are dying over there, but most of the country's safe. Most of Russia's safe. They're fighting in some regions somehow. And it's just like, it's no one's going to like fully take over. It's not, it's probably not going to happen at this point. So they're never going to take over all of Russia. I don't think, despite what the press says, that Russia even wants to take over all of Ukraine. I think they want certain strategic things where, you know, they perceive that you, the, the U.S. and other countries were working through Ukraine against them. Long story short, the war doesn't end until they strike a deal. There's no way either of these countries is going to wipe each other off the map. So they got to strike a deal. And they tried to strike a deal at the beginning, but the only reason... Zelensky didn't strike a deal is because he doesn't have to because America could get it. If America didn't give him shit, he would have had to strike a deal right off the bat. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh, well, that would have done this or that would have done that. Maybe. But really, you know what I'm saying? Like when Yemen and Saudi Arabia fight, do we think about, oh, what if Saudi Arabia takes that bit of Yemen? I don't think America, you know, maybe we fund Saudi Arabia or something. But in general, it's like everyone in the world what who's going to help us if if mexico comes across i'm not saying they're going to but if they come across the border and they try to take part of texas is the whole world going to rally around us no one gives a shit about us you know they don't give a shit about our border now no one gives a shit about america so if the if mexico wants to take half of texas it's our fight no one no one's going to run to america to help us nor do i want them to run to our country because that's creepy but it's like everyone else in the world we need to get involved in all the conflicts and it's the same with israel israel and the other side, I, I believe that Israel is way stronger and way more powerful than Hamas. But when the whole Arab world gets involved now, not, you know, but when America gets involved now, debatable and that conflict gets bigger. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I think the more we fund them and the more we give them and the more that we back them, the less likely they are to want to strike a peace deal. Because just like other countries, if Zelensky didn't win in Ukraine, this conflict probably wouldn't happen. And if you look at how Zelensky rose the ranks, I have a video on it, if you can find it, he was an actor and a producer for Kvartal 95, which was a production company. Kolomoisky was funding or owned a, a television network and put his show on called Servant of the People. And then he won an election because they projected him as the president on a television show. And then Zelensky got an office and his production studio Kvartal 95 turned into a political party like his production studio doubled as a political party. I mean, this is like the craziest story in the world. And Kolomoisky, the funder that controlled the television network that Zelensky was basically brought to fame on, he's banned from the United States for some sort of massive bank fraud in Britain or something. I mean, you got to look into the story. I forget where it's like this massive bank scandal. So this guy is basically banned from the United States. And he was one of the mega funders to Zelensky's rise and perceiving him as this president. Long story short, if Zelensky didn't win, there probably is no war in Ukraine. This is a whole like funded operation in some sense to get him there. He ran on, oh, I'm going to get along. And then he gets in and now there's no elections. It's like, he basically like took over the country, you know, and it, if you, I mean, you could read, there's, there's actually Atlantic, I don't trust them, but there's a good Atlantic 
because they go into depth, believe it or not, about Zelensky, Kolomoisky. And it's like, it's just a fascinating thing. But long story short, with no Zelensky, there's probably no war there. When it comes to Netanyahu and that other guy who was running, the other guy seems a little more moderate. You know, I would say Netanyahu's like a Ben Shapiro, like, screw it, let's go. You know, they got to do that. So long story short, it's like, to me, I know I keep saying long story short, long story long, I just don't feel like talking for an hour uh, or hours or hours, worse, multiple, but I think these wars stop when America stops funding everybody because the whole war relies on America funding. America funding Ukraine means Ukraine can drag it out. With Israel, for sure, with America's backing, they feel more comfortable doing a lot of stuff. Without America's backing, they wouldn't feel so comfortable. And I'm not asking to leave everybody dry, but like... You know, I don't think it's pro-Ukraine to fund the Ukraine war. I think it's killing Ukrainians. And I think with Israel, it's like they have a right to self-determination and try to figure out what they're doing. But with America, it's like if they drag us down with them, it's like that's not necessarily a good thing. And in general, it's like, do you like what does America have to do to be your ally? Do we need to give you weapons? Do we need to give you money? Do we need to fund this? Do we need to bring our warships? Now we got thousands of troops there. Do we got to fight China and Iran and right? Like, how far do we have to go to, you know, if you do a massive attack, like America doesn't attack Egypt, but Israel just did by mistake. I Israel attacked Syria. America went to war there. You know, they're like, it's, it's, it's getting, it, it's escalating, you know, and in general, I don't personally know, and I'm not, you know, every country has the right to do what they want, but I'm not convinced that funding Ukraine stops the war. I think it keeps the war going, and I don't think that war is going anywhere until America stops funding it. If Trump got in office, he probably would could stop the Ukrainian war, and he'd probably make the Israel war even crazier and worse. It's like, you know, it's like Biden's screwing up the Ukraine thing. But with Israel, he's trying to be more moderate. Trump would be more moderate with Ukraine and probably more extreme with Israel. That's my opinion. So it's like, I don't know. You know, that's why, to be honest, that's why a lot of people like Trump. Like there's a lot of people, if you ask them, like, what's your favorite thing about Trump? They're like, oh, he, he likes Israel. He's giving things to Israel. It's like, you know, they, their loyalty to Israel is why they like Trump in the first place. Others, they like his wall. Others, they like his jokes. You know, others, they like his, uh, I would say, bluntness and willing to go across me i like that he got along with kim jong-un i thought that that was good i think it's i think even when he talks about like hezbollah and you know like all the desantis people get mad at trump and they say oh trump did you hear him say they're smart when trump calls them smart he's not saying he agrees with them it's like when i say ben shapiro is smart or you know like it doesn't mean like whoever puppets joe biden smart doesn't mean you like them, but you have to understand the intelligence of your opponent if you want to beat them. Like, I don't think these groups are stupid. If they have power in the world, they're probably not completely stupid, you know? So it's like Trump talks about foreign policy in, a, in an interesting way. And then like the DeSantis people come and they're like, oh, did you see him compliment Hezbollah? Trump doesn't like Hezbollah, but he's just talking about it in, in a in a way of saying they're not dumb. You know, it's, it's funny because like when the DeSantis people get mad at Trump, on foreign policy, I usually agree with Trump, you know? And uh, someone says, I, I, I agree with you about Steve Bannon. He mostly covers economy, not just MAGA. He yells about China all the time, but has he ever told you that Trump and DeSantis passed a speech bill 
that basically takes away your right and makes it a hate speech rule to criticize a foreign nation. Because if Steve Bannon cares so much about America, has he ever once mentioned that on a show? I've talked about China. I know that China is a domestic. I don't think Steve Bannon's ever talked about that. I don't think he can talk about that. I think if he ever talked about that, you know, he probably would be in trouble or, you know, they, he would lose his spot at the table or such. But I don't know. Let's see. Has he ever mentioned that Trump and DeSantis passed anti-Semitism hate speech laws and that Nikki Haley wants to put them into, you know, schools and they're already on college campuses and Dave Rubin is calling for the removal of protests? Is Steve Bannon covering any of that stuff or no? Let me know. It's been uh, five years now. Has he once covered that Republicans are infringing on your First Amendment? And they're basically passing foreign country loyalty speech laws. I don't think he's ever mentioned it. I don't think a lot of people have ever mentioned it. And I know some of these people, not Bannon, but like, I know that they know. Like, you know, people are, it's the same with Trump. Like, oh, he's so dumb. They know they just don't care. You know, there's an unwritten rule in the Republican Party. I'm telling you, you have to put that country above the Constitution. You have to put that country above your country. You have to never talk about this stuff or else the press is going to ruin you and all the donors and everybody's going to drop you. So, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. It's just like, he's always yelling about China and it's like, okay, yeah, China is one of America's geopolitical opponents and it's worth talking about. But to me, it's like, uh, you know, it's like the right just goes China, 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 China. And the left just goes, Russia, 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 Russia. And it's just like a controlled op circus. Someone said, I've never heard anyone talk about it except for you, Anomaly. It's because they can't. They're afraid to, or they'll lose their spot, or they're, in my opinion, compromised. You know, there's certain people, the reason they don't want you to say that they have loyalty elsewhere is not because it's not necessarily happening. Some others, it's like, it's it's the unwritten rule. You know, and and one of the things when the press lied about me is like, they're like, oh, he said donors control. I've never said all. I'm not saying all people. Or I'm not blaming. But like, if you look at some of the biggest donors in Turning Point and the biggest donor of Trump, it's pretty clear what's going on. You know, the the and this is like, they're just mad that I'm talking about it. The biggest donor that Trump had is like, hundreds of millions of dollars into the GOP. I think he gave money, more money to the GOP during the one election than Soros did. And he has videos explaining his foreign policy, explaining his loyalty, his love. It's not a, it's not a hate speech. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but it's like the same way the pharmaceutical industry gives hundreds of millions of dollars to people and they do what they say. So do certain donors. So it's like, you know, a lot of the people that you follow, they know who butters their bread and they know what not to say. And either they're completely not wanting to talk about it because they don't agree with the first amendment. Um, but you know, I, I, they're not, they don't not know this. This is obvious. I'm not, I'm, I'm not diving into like a, you know, dinosaur fossils if they're even real, you know, I'm not digging into the dirt to find this stuff. It's, it's obvious. Everyone knows they just, they're, they're not talking about it for a reason because they exist to not talk about it. Their whole existence is to just wind you up like a doll off a cliff. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many times are they going to say the election is stolen? Ah, 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 ah. What about the fact that we won in 2016? We're not the victims. We won or you won in 2016. Your guy got in office. He hired all these people who hate him. He sold vaccines. He printed more money than Obama. And he made the case for communism and said that Sweden should have locked down like America. There's no accountability on the right. They just tell black people and Hispanics to have accountability. They're like, 
pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, but then they'll freak out. Imagine if you told that to Ben Shapiro. Imagine if you said, hey, Ben Shapiro, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Don't play the victim. Dude, he would freak out. He would have a meltdown. He would say that you're the return of the most anti-Semitic person in history. Like, you know what I'm saying? These, the rules, it's like the same thing as the left. They apply for you. You know what I'm saying? Like they want black people to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. They want black people to stop talking about history. Could you imagine if the right told Ben Shapiro the same thing that they tell black people? They say, forget about slavery. Like just grow out of it. You know, like you got to get out of it. You got to get over it. Imagine if you said that to Ben Shapiro. Are you kidding me? You'd have a thousand, like it, it would be the worst day of your life. He would, he would destroy you. Like he would, he would freak out. So it's like, Okay, so those rules don't apply. I'm just saying that's what they say. But in a in the Republican Party, it's the same thing. Republicans, they all tell you you're a victim, and then they just sell my pillows. You're a victim. You're a victim. You're a victim. You're a victim of the election. You're a victim. You're not the victim of the election. You're the victim of the fact that you won an election and your guy printed more money and tried to make a case for communism nonchalantly as if lockdowns were a good thing and then turned into a vaccine socialist. Like, how come they never say that? Because they're in on the circus. You know what I'm saying? If you ever figured that out, that's the real stolen election. And then you'd actually accomplish something. But as long as they could catch you in this world of like China election, China election. Uh, okay, bro. Uh, you know, like, yeah. But is it like, is that it? It's all like, that's why I don't listen to these people. Are they wrong about everything? No. Is it good to talk about China and their influence on foreign politics? Absolutely. Does China have leverage in america absolutely so does saudi arabia so does the country that must not be named or else they'll kick you out of the republican party so it's like you get it you gotta just play a certain game to get to where these people are um that's the truth so i don't i don't listen to them because they're always aggressively just freaking people out do you notice the way i'm talking i'm not telling you you're a victim people aren't oh, no we need to take accountability americans republicans Christians, whoever, I don't care what you are. You could be black, atheist, whatever. You know, we all need to chill out a little bit, take accountability, not play into this thing and not hate our brothers and sisters of other groups just because the media is trying to wind us up. Do you, you know, this is not the message I hear all the time from Republicans. Like they're, they're always just like jacking people up. Like when I read certain people's feeds and like look at their Instagram feeds, I was like, dude, I, I would be mentally ill if I followed these people and listened to them. You know, I have family members that are like, yo, I had to delete my Instagram because like this whole war was getting too much. And I'm like, yeah, no, I understand that the war is getting too much and it's hard for people to see. But it's not just the war. It's it's like the Republican accounts are like full blown psychopaths like the left is on most topics. Like they're freaking they're making their base insane. Like I, I would be legitimately insane if I followed half of these Republican blowhard boomer accounts. And they're not they're not all boomers, but it's like. I, I can't intake that sort of information. It's like eating McDonald's every day all the time. I can't I can't do it, you know? So it's like I, I feel bad the same way I feel bad for people who watch Rachel Maddow all the time. I feel bad for people who who listen to like ben, Dan Bongino, Steve Bannon, and Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro all the time because it's like, you know, Ben at least normally is like calm, even though I don't agree with him. He's not like always that like angry, which which makes it a little more tolerable, but it's a little nasally. I'm a little nasally too. That's fine. But in general, it's like, you know, like I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm not saying they're wrong about anything. Like I just can't listen to them. It's just not healthy. Um, someone said Benny Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, it, you know, it's like it's like a level. It's, it's like if it were Mario, it's like Benny Johnson's like level three, you know, 
I'm on like level 19. So it's like, it's like, there's a time and a place for that, but it's a low, it's like a low, low vibration, low level to be at. Um, what about the poor locals in Hawaii? What's happening there? It's interesting how like the media and it's not just the media, it's like social media, everybody's reaction, but isn't it interesting how like certain topics are everything and then they're nothing. And you know, like this topic's everything right now. And then in like three weeks it won't be. And then like Hawaii was everything. It's just, I'm not, I don't know how to change it or like what to really do, but we live in a world where attention spans are short and people don't want to like harp on tragedies forever. They want to move on to like the next topic. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not blaming anyone for that. It's just like the, the social media era of like, you know, our, the Armenian thing is like a, there's, there's a crazy conflict in Armenia. No one's talking about it. There's conflicts in Africa all the time. Like people don't really talk about it unless they want to give them vaccines or something. But uh, in general, you know, it's like, how do you gain like people's sympathy? Like, how, like, how do you get it to people with this one? It was a massive terror attack. So it launched, you know, like there's a massive attack in Israel and it just like was huge. So it, like, it just became like a huge thing. Right. And everyone's paying attention. It's like, okay. But then it like it triggered a lot of people on the other side because I think a lot of leftists were already like Palestinian activists and stuff. And also the Israel-Palestine thing with Zionism, the Republican Party, the Liberal Party. Like there, this has been a topic that people have been like kind of discussing for a long time. So even though this terror attack was new, the like it brought a bunch of people that already were like, I don't know, I, I never really thought of what would happen if something like that happened because it's a crazy thing to happen but like in general it feels like this a lot of people already knew about this stuff and they had already like picked a side you know so um i don't think the media and i don't think the ben shapiro's of the world and such i don't think they expected this type of reaction and it's to me the most fascinating reaction and i'm not happy about it it's i would just say it's interesting is left-wing organizations especially like left-wing jewish organizations that have like created a monster. They've, they've fed people this race rhetoric. They've fed people this, oh, we want all the refugees rhetoric. And all the refugees and the race rhetoric that they fed these people are turning against them. And they're like, not us, not us. No, only that. And it's like, they don't look at you differently. You know, they, they're like, they don't look at you as a group outside of who, like, you know, you created that monster and they don't like you. If you tell a bunch of people for 20 years that America is a genocidal company, country or whatever, and it's founded on like, uh, you know, imperialism and, and we're so bad, they take that logic and they apply it to everyone in the world. And Israel is a more recent example of that in a way, you know, because it happened in the 1900s versus the 1700s. So it's like, you know, the same way an American citizen can't be a hypocrite and you could be like, well, they took that land. And it's like, if you say Israel took that land, people can say that about America. Who gets to decide when people took the land? I, like, are you going to make that call? No one's going to listen. Like, you know, so it's like both sides have to really think about it. But like, I think a lot of left wingers were like ramping up this anti-America rhetoric and they, they didn't think it was going to like backfire to Israel. And then it just did. And they're like, whoa, I didn't think you would think that that country was like this. And it's like, I don't know. And with the left wing 
schools i mean i don't really know what's going on over there i mean harvard and such now harvard is like pro-palestine apparently which is kind of insane i never would have expected that it's like you know it's this is like a cultural divide where like the mega corporations are not necessarily on the same sides anymore like i i to be honest i didn't even expect this i never thought harvard would disagree with the nfl and the nba i never thought blm would disagree with the nba and the nfl i never i never thought i i knew ben shapiro would eventually be on the side of most media but in general it's like it's kind of like changed everything it i don't know why or what what's to put there but it's kind of like with brainwashing people can't they can't look at topics anymore They, they just like see it through a lens like if if a right winger likes palestine it's for a different reason usually than a left winger likes Palestine. And if like the left wing used to be so health conscious, they used to be like, oh, we're going to eat healthy and whatever. But then they're pro vaccine. Like, I, you know, I don't know. It's like so quickly people could switch sides on an argument without even devoid of logic or, you know, it's just like, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. Like you, you I, I used to think it was the left that knew about pharmaceuticals and lobbying money, but then they're like pro pharmaceutical and they're calling you a conspiracy theorist. Like, cause they didn't like Trump or something. I don't, you know, it's just like everybody comes to conclusions based off of not everybody, but a lot of people based off of like political and social manipulation. But I would say if you went to like one of these protests, you'd probably see like 10 different people for 10 different reasons, left-wingers, right-wingers, Islamic people, like, and they're all there for a different reason, uh, you know, and they got there. Some got there probably righteously. Others got there. They have no idea why they're there. They're just following the crowd. I don't know. Someone said, Hotep said that Palestine might be the new BLM. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, BLM people seem to overwhelmingly like Palestine, but I don't I don't know if it's the new BLM because BLM was supported by a lot of left wing organizations. The, you know, all the education systems and, and the Harvards of the world and, you know, the NBA and the NFL. But the NBA and the NFL are not on the side of Palestine. It's all Israel, like the Democrat corporate establishment. Most of them side with Israel. But uh, I guess some of the schools are siding with Palestine, you know, so it's this topic has like shattered the left wing kind of like unholy alliance. It's pretty it's pretty interesting. And the right wing Zionists, for lack of a better word, people that are super pro Zionist, they're getting outnumbered by conservative audiences because not just because they support Israel, but it seems to be like their hypocrisy is catching up to them. If you said, I support Israel defending itself and going after Hamas, but it's probably not a good idea to kill like tens of thousands of innocent people, you'd probably have more support on your side. But if you say, let's flatten them into a parking lot and all the kids are guilty too, you're going to lose support. If you're Dave Rubin and you spent 10 years saying that free speech is not hate speech and now you're glad a protest is being shut down because you're making the argument that anyone who likes a foreign country has to be a terrorist, like, if you wave an Afghanistan flag, does that mean you're a terrorist? If you were born and raised in Afghanistan, you wave a flag as a UFC fighter. Are you are you a Taliban member necessarily? Are you Al Qaeda? Like, you know, is this is this a game Dave Rubin thinks he's going to win? Like, you get what I'm saying? The the reason that most of the right is is turning against 
their their uh, influencers is not because and and though this is the annoying part too is they start painting as like oh they they must hate everybody oh these are so anti-semitic it's like some people are too much i agree but most of the comments that i'm reading they don't hate you they just know you're a hypocrite you spent 10 years saying that you wanted to speak on a college campus and you weren't a colonizer and now you're using the same logic to the other side and trying to shut down all protests and, and say that they're all something it's not working they you know the, like it, it it's not and, and this is the point that i want to make to anybody who's listening everyone who's disagreeing with ben shapiro and everyone who's disagreeing with dave rubin and everyone who's disagreeing with charlie kirk in some ways and everybody who's disagreeing with like the republican establishment desantis they're not all anti-semitic they're they're just seeing through the logic if if i was shapiro and i wanted people on my side i would say they have a right to defend themselves they have a right to attack but we gotta think about the kids even though you know it might get dicey but like we we have to have a soul just saying flatten them into a parking lot and saying that half the population they're all terrorists even though half of them were our kids and oh they're guilty because they voted for hamas even though the last election was in 2006 and half the population is under 18. like any intelligent person is going to see through that bullshit. it is bullshit. supporting israel is not bullshit, but doing it in that way is is outlandishly disingenuous and everyone's seeing through it you know because the right although there is a lot of mind control it was built it was built on something like oh i like the first amendment oh i want to do this so when you don't do it you have more diversity of thought you have some people trying to support ukraine but most people are against it with israel a lot of people see it like ukraine they don't have an ethnic or a religious or a spiritual connection to that country and they're just seeing it as foreign policy so i think you know if you want to get more people on your side you, you got to you got to sound like you got to make a better argument. That's just my opinion. Like as somebody that is willing to see through the deception on both sides and I'm willing to show love to people in Israel, it's just like, you can't just like say flatten it into a parking lot and expect people to agree with you. You can't just call everyone Hamas and expect everyone to agree with you. You can't say they're guilty and they deserve to die because they voted for Hamas in 2006 when half the country or more couldn't even vote. Like that's an argument that any smart person can see through in three minutes. So if you're trying to gain support, that's a terrible way to do it. But I think people are so emotional about this topic that they're not, they're not thinking logically, which is understandable, but unfortunately in america we've had a situation called 9 11 which they're comparing this to that happened on our soil and people remember exactly how it happened and the same thing kind of happened where it's like here to happen everyone's a terrorist everyone's al-qaeda we got to spy on everybody we got to start a war and if you disagree you're al-qaeda and you're a terrorist and you know they're the muslims are coming for us like we already did this exact thing so it's not working in america you know because we already lived through it and most republicans after 15 years of supporting that war came to the conclusion that they got tricked so like the the, the boldness of these people to like you know in republican media and, and 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 people that are trying to call everybody names to run that same kind of like you know logic and, and 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 then just get more and more mad when it's not working I'm telling people why it's not working, you know? So it's like there, there's a way to get people to show love to Israel and support Israel. How they're doing it, it it's almost like they're 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 uh they're just not getting it. Um I would say this too. 
I always knew this was going to happen. You can find videos of me in 2019 and I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to say warning, but like literally like trying to explain to like Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro, what you guys are doing is not working. Like I was trying to be like, you can't just lie about this stuff and you can't just call everyone names. all the time. It's not going to work. I was like, it's not work, you know? And now you're looking at all this stuff and they're, and, and the more it doesn't work, the more they just get like freaked out by it. And they just like start calling more names and calling more names. And it's like, I, I saw this happening from a mile away because instead of embracing the dissent, honestly, accurately and winning the argument, they decided to go the name calling route, the censoring route, the blacklisting behind closed doors route, the everybody's an anti-Semite route. And now it's all biting them in the ass. And the more it bites them in the ass, the more they double down on it. If you go to Ben Shapiro's feed on Twitter right now, it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, he's just siding with anyone who's saying hate speech, anti-Semitism. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's like, it's like doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down. Okay, you know? You got you got Jerusalem journalists out here in the streets who's seen the carnage in Israel, who loves Israel, who supports Israel, saying, listen, it's getting bad in Palestine. Even more people are dying in Palestine now, and the number is going to grow and grow and grow. People dying in church attacks. Israel's attacking Egypt. And the best that Shapiro could say is everyone's Hamas. Everyone who disagrees with me, Hamas. They're all Hamas. They're all they voted for this. They voted for this. That's your that's your argument to get people on your side and then just freak out at them when they question a tweet that you make. These people, they're not like they're not even trying to be genuine about it. If I tweeted out something regardless, but this is because I'm an honest person. But if I tweeted something out, even in a time of war and people just started not believing it or disagreeing, even though it might offend me or whatever, I understand why there have been from the Naira testimony, literally launched a war off of a fake testimony. You know what I'm saying? I did a whole video on all the time. This has happened so many times in US history where someone tells us something, they freak us out, they send us to war, and then we find out five years later that they lied about it. So even if it's not a lie, you can't just sit and yell at everybody and call them names if they don't agree with you. Like either you're stupid or you're lying. But it's stupid either way because it's actually like Ben Shapiro is probably less popular this week than he's probably been his entire career. And it's not because he's necessarily righteous and right and standing up. His tactics are disingenuine. You know who's not unpopular right now? Trey Yingst. Trey Yingst is in Israel. He's he's seeing the carnage. He's filming the carnage. He's agreeing with Shapiro on a lot, but he also has the humanity to see it and say, there's also good people and we can't say that all of these people are Hamas. It's not true, I've been there. And Ben's saying the opposite. He like He's becoming more popular, unpopular because his it's like, give no ground, don't understand why American citizens wouldn't believe me, call them all pieces of garbage, call them anti-Semitic, you know, just keep calling them that, freaking out. And it, like, it's like, are you trying to make people disagree with you? Are, are like, how, you know? And then you see the laws, in Israel, where they're basically trying to ban dissent of national morale. And you have to ask yourself, are they trying to do that in America too? Because I don't trust Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Ben Shapiro, uh, even Ron Paul, I wouldn't trust to dictate what's, you know, against national morale. Who's to say what's against national morale? Our, our national morale is already in the gutter. Every media company lowers national morale. Starting wars lowers our morale. 
George Floyd protests lower our morale. Who's to say that you could get arrested and get your property seized for lowering national morale? That's happening in Israel. And, and you know, Shapiro's not talking about that because he probably agrees with it. He thinks it's probably fine in that country to seize your property. And listen to how he talks about people here. Shut down the protests. It's Hamas. Everything's Hamas. It's all it's anti-Semitic. Like, dude, he doesn't believe in the First Amendment, not here or there. So it's like, and the more people figure that out, the more deranged he gets. Um, I'm going to read a few more and then I'm going to roll out. Let me see real quick. Someone said, Egypt controls the southern border and wants no part of Hamas, which is an offshoot of Muslim Brotherhood, and Egyptians are Muslim, ergo. I don't blame them. I mean, I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't think they want to take them either. I, I understand that where it's like, you know, people will say that as justification too. They're like, well, Egypt doesn't want to take them. It's like, okay, well, if, they, if, if millions of them live there, it's like, would you leave your house? I don't know if people were like, hey, leave your house. We're going to bomb your house. Go leave it. It's like you might leave to save your life, but you get what I'm saying? Like that, that logic is also a little flawed. Like imagine if Palestine just said, all right, leave everything. And we'll, you know, go away and we're going to take it. And then, you know, like go to another country. It's like, they wouldn't want, they don't want to leave either. Understandable. They live there now, you know, they want to defend it, but like for them to be like, all right, just leave the hospital. We're going to bomb your hospital. Just get out of the way. And then they, like, you know, or, or, or we're going to bomb that church or we're going to bomb, we're going to bomb you, you know, get out of the way. We're going to bomb it, you know, leave Egypt. And then Egypt gets, bombed. it's like, I like, I don't know. Maybe the people don't want to leave everything there. Clearly they don't want to, which sucks. Cause that, that's the whole conflict of like, they want it and they want it. But it's like, is that some of the logic that some people are saying? They're like, Oh, well, Egypt doesn't want them. And they told them to leave. Well, if, Egypt doesn't want them and they control the border and they can't leave that way and they can't get into Israel. So where do they go? You know, they just, they just go where? And then when they go there, do they ever come back or no? They're just places get bombed and they have nowhere to go back to. I mean, it doesn't sound like a good deal, but appreciate you guys. God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. God bless the world. Thanks for hanging out at night. Uh, I'm going to take it easy and just, you know, I don't, I, I'm not for sure. The one thing I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to add to the tension. I'm not trying to rile people up, show love to your neighbors, understand that it's a complex situation. And this is all I'll say. You're not a horrible person for understanding that there's good people in every country. Okay. You don't have to like the government of China. You don't have to like the government of Saudi Arabia. You don't have to like the government of Palestine, but to suggest that everyone in a country is horrible and justify basically their slaughter, whether it's Israel or Palestine, that's wrong, right? And I know this is becoming an unpopular opinion, but it doesn't make you a terrorist to have humanity. It doesn't make you a terrorist to understand that America's border should be secured, even though not everybody coming across the border is bad for our own national security. You know, just like the left wants to pretend like you're a bad person for for wanting a border sealed. This is what the right's trying to do with Palestine. And it's like, it's not, it's not true. I don't care how many times people say, I don't care how many times, like it's, it doesn't make you a bad person to realize that there's good people everywhere in this world. And I understand that it's, uh, 
it's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough conflict and there's a lot on the line, but, um, you know, don't let anybody shame you into like having humanity because it's, it's a natural instinct that seems to be missing right now. And I don't personally trust anyone that doesn't have that instincts. And that goes with both sides, you know, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this to pander. It's like, it would be disingenuous to me to act like, Oh, only one side of this war has bad people. And I've seen Palestine activists saying crazy shit in the streets. I've seen Israeli protesters saying crazy shit in the streets. I've seen there's the tensions are heated. You know what I'm saying? People are pissed. People are doing crazy shit. I want to lower the tensions and I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit and act like some of the propagandists on both sides and be like, oh, our side's perfect. And the other side does everything wrong. Yeah, I don't believe that. You know, I don't believe that that's true. And I don't believe that the world is perfect when one entity goes away that like, oh, it's going to be great now. It's like, it's, it's not though. You know, like you can go to, you can go to a lot of countries in the world and some things are good, but not everything's perfect. And, you know, it's, there's always going to be problems that arise in different ways, but don't let anybody take your humanity. That's all I'm going to say, because I, that, that push and this is what I'll say, too, to the Republican Party, because I am a registered Republican. I voted for Trump in 2020. I voted all Republican in 2018. I voted all Republican in 2020. I voted all Republican in 2022. I didn't vote for a single Democrat, and I don't plan on voting for a Democrat. At the same time, I do have a line in the sand, okay? And I want to use my vote as leverage and my audience as leverage, Um Trump with the vaccine thing. It's like, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to like ride that guy's coattails like everybody else. Like he needs to, if that's his pitch to me, I'm not voting for him. You know, with DeSantis, if his pitch is saying all Palestinians are there, it's like, I'm not voting for that. And same with like the Shapiro wing of the party, where it's like, if that's your humanity and you have no humanity, you are everything that the left thinks you are which is why they hate you know they look at that and they think that you have no compassion and they're right they're right that you have no compassion but also their leaders have no compassion it's fake compassion so it's like you know at a certain point us voters need to stop running back and forth like a ping pong ball and instead of like fanboying for these politicians be like listen i'm not gonna vote for a democrat because i voted all republican for three elections now and i don't consider changing that but at the same time i'm just gonna be honest Nothing in the last six years has even made me think that the Republicans were the worst party until the last three weeks. I've literally had that thought. I'm like, are they worse on this topic? Are they insane? Do they want to take away my free speech? Do they want to call me a terrorist? I already know who's, I mean, I know the left has banned me from some things, but I already know these Republicans since 2019 have been blacklisting me behind closed doors because they can't out debate me because they can't out compassion me. They're not nicer than me. They're not more fair than me. They're not more honest than me. They might talk fast and talk like little sneaky, but they're not more, they're not uh, more intelligent than me. And they've never debated me, never had a conversation. They've just worked behind the scenes to smear me. And you'd be surprised how many people that act like they're not doing that are totally fine with it. And you know, making those calls. So in general, this is my line in the sand. I'm not going to vote for Joe Biden for every reason, but I'll be honest. I, I haven't thought in six years as someone who's voted all Republican, I've never thought for one second that Republicans are worse. This conflict has me wondering, are these people worse? Are they passing speech laws? Are they trying, they're trying to shut down protests now? 
I don't believe the left. I don't think they're my friend. I don't agree with those activists. I don't think they're right. I don't think they like me. I'm not voting for them. I'm not going to be emotionally manipulated, but I'm not going to pretend like this. Our party is a good party. If we are the party of no compassion, no humility, just complete war psychosis over this topic, banning speech, banning protests, exaggerating, lying, smearing everybody in our own party. Dude, I have no problem sitting out, you know? So it's like at the end of the day, this this last couple of weeks has really made me think more than I ever have. And it's not, doesn't really, I'm not going to change my opinion per se, but I'm, I'm just letting it be known that they could yell, they could call names, they could freak out, they can yell at, you know, a stuffed animal. But it's like that to me, that's making me think that you're just as bad as the other side. Going from like the lesser of two evils, which I still think you are, but you're getting closer and closer to that line where it's like, are you worse? Are you the same? Is this all fake? You know, I know it's mostly fake, but is like, is there even a point to show up for you guys? Because at this point, like, you know, if the left's going to say every okay symbol means white supremacy and there's no other explanation for it, to me, that's like psychotic mental illness. If, if multiple prominent media owners and, and, and like Republican leaders in New York City and freaking, you know, journalists are going to say that an octopus stuffed animal for sure was known and that was a dog whistle for an autistic kid who only knows how to be a climate puppet. Like you're just as insane as the left if, and canceling speech and protests over this stuff is nuts and calling names instead of being able to debate it and having no humanity or compassion for a war. It's crazy. It's like when I see liberals that say, oh, screw the Russians. I don't care how many of them die. It's like, dude, that's fucked up. Excuse my language. Like, dude, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want Ukrainians or Russians to die. It's sad to me that a bunch of young kids are dying for freaking wars that have nothing to even do with what they think they're doing. It's fucked up. I don't, I don't, maybe this is controversial, but I don't think either side, I don't want any youth from Russia or Ukraine to die. And same with Israel and Palestine. But if the Republican Party wants to be the party of we don't fucking care, they're all terrorists, just wipe them off the map. You know, I have no problem sitting out this election because that shows me that perhaps the right could be more dangerous than the left. And I don't want to believe that. And I don't want to put, put that out there per se. But it's like, you know, they have to prove to me that they're not as dangerous now because that's my vote. You know, that's uh, one vote doesn't really matter, especially in my state. But just being honest, I don't I think it's time for voters to use their leverage and express our feelings, not just get steamrolled, because just like the left has no problem steamrolling their activists, the right has no problem just trying to silence everybody, blacklist everybody, call everybody names. But for the first time, it's not working. It's, it's actually not. I follow a, a page that I'm not going to name their name because I like them. They helped me during the pandemic because they were writing, you know, I don't know who this organization is. Um I mean, I'll just say it because I, I do like these people, a uh, media research center or something. I don't know who owns them. I don't know who runs them. All I know is I was getting bad press to some extent, uh, not even bad press, like fact checkers and that stupid crap. They were taking my income. They were emailing me and all this bullshit, these, these fake fact checkers, right? Media research center. I don't know. There's some conservative like watchdog organization for whatever reason they were helping me and they were like, you know, putting good articles about me and kind of like you know, telling the truth. And and like, you, I don't have many allies in this world. And, uh, you know, I don't know what they do or who they are, but they were definitely on my side. And they seemed like they had some sort of systemic power to actually like win certain battles for me or like, I don't know, like put a helping hand and then I like something would happen. But long story short, you know, they're super like Israeled out on this thing. They put like a little star in their thing. And like, I, I follow them on Instagram and like they're, they're getting ratioed on every post that they make like every single one like usually they're wildly popular and they're not 
I'm not saying to cave to popularity, but I want them and every other Republican media outlet or person to to think about it because it's like, you know, when Joe Rogan, he never gets ratioed, but when he got ratioed, when he and all the comments disagreed with him when he when he interviewed Jack Dorsey at Twitter, there was a reason. Joe kind of messed up. He gave a softball interview and then he he wrote his wrong and made Tim Pool famous, which I, I will never forgive him for making Tim Pool famous. That's was a mistake, probably. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway. In general, it's like there, sometimes there's a reason when like 90% of your audience disagrees with you. So, you know, I, I'm seeing it like I think a lot of these groups are like blown away by like why people disagree and, and they can't figure it out. So they're just like doubling down on it. But like you, you can cry hate speech over it, but read some of the comments, consider it and, and maybe, you know, don't change who you are if you have conviction of what you're doing. But I, I, I'm not going to say every comment's good. There's a lot of crazies in the comments, but like for the most part, like there's a reason everyone I follow is getting outmanned in their comment section. It's because they're pushing one-sided, lopsided, unthoughtful, completely, you know, low level of stuff. And the comments are like not buying it and they're not buying it for good reason, you know? So I, I, I see that trend happening and it's interesting. Appreciate y'all. That's that was a two hour, 40 minute live stream. Thank you guys for allowing me to speak my mind. I'm forever grateful. And although this country is crazy, I am very grateful. I might even put up an American flag soon. I used to want to stay away from it because I'm like, oh, the left thinks American flag. I'm a proud American. I love America. And I am appreciative that in America, we have the ability to speak about this stuff because in Saudi Arabia, in China, in Ukraine, now even in Israel, you know, that freedom to disagree is not everywhere. And, uh, you know, as crazy as America gets, I mean, I really do think this is a special country to be able to be real, you know, to be yourself in China, you know, it's, it's in some ways, like I get like, it's cool to like, you know, keep the national morale high and like everyone's on the same page, but you're basically like making a bunch of clones at a certain point. It's like everybody doesn't, they're not saying what they, they're just saying, ha, 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 you know, and it's like at a certain point, it's like, you know, people are like, they want to be themselves. They're like, I'm just doing this because I don't want Xi Jinping to hate me. You know, it's like at a certain point in America, it's like we that 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 is what makes us great. Foreign wars don't make us great. Foreign aid doesn't make us great. Uh, Ukraine doesn't make us great. Joe Biden doesn't make us great. Even Donald Trump doesn't make us great. He might be funnier and cooler on a, on, a, on a world stage. But in general, like we're great because we do have the freedom to religion, to expression and speech and, and the Second Amendment, but especially the first one, too, and the second. But, you know, like that is I, I do want to just say I am really grateful to be in this country because it's a special, special place in this world. And it's not really it's, it's becoming less and less common. And uh, I don't want to lose it. I really think that's like the one thing that really makes everybody. You can meet someone from Iran, you know, like Patrick Bad David loves America. So do most Iranians because like America is pretty awesome. Like it's like, oh, you know, yeah, Iran foreign policy. Like we get it. America can be the bad guy. But like in America, it's a pretty cool place. You know, it's a pretty rare place where you can kind of express yourself and, you know, be able to say certain things and it's kind of cool. So if that's our leverage on the world, we got to keep it. We can't give it up for Zelensky. We can't give it up for Israel. And we can't give it up for people that we like or dislike for any reason because it's it's the only thing that keeps us hanging by a thread.
God bless you guys. Appreciate you and have a beautiful day. Thank you, Waffle Fry, for hanging around and talking bad about me for 30 minutes, but still watching. That's dedication. I appreciate you. And I just ate fries earlier, but not waffle fries. I ate like screwy fries. They were they were kind of interesting, but you know, I like waffle fries too. Have a good one, folks. I'll be back. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me. Support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dreamrare.com shop and patreon.com slash rare talk. So thank you guys for keeping the show free, unimpeded, uninterrupted. I'm forever grateful. My free email list is stayintouchwithme.com. So check the links below in the description or just type in on any browser, stayintouchwithme.com, all one word. You'll find my email list, put it in there, and it's the least annoying email list you'll ever be on. I barely use it because I don't like getting emailed every day or every week. It's annoying. So I don't do it. Stayintouchwithme.com. It helps me take back some power away from big tech. Telegram t.me slash dreamrarechat or at dreamrarechat. Due to censorship, I post all my live stream and videos there. Sometimes I have some bonus content and I try to give people a heads up when Facebook or YouTube won't. Dreamrarechat at Telegram. My Instagram is at dreamrare. Thanks for everybody following there for shorter content. And dreamrarelinks.com. That's dreamrarelinks.com. Has all my stuff. My podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my music on Spotify and Apple, my Rumble page, my BitChute and Gab page. All my links are found at dreamrarelinks.com. Thanks for watching, folks. God bless you. You already know I'll be back with more content soon. Appreciate you.